Pickup Talk. I'm Nick. And I'm Mason. What's up, Mason? <laughs> Not much, man. Just uh, in my last two weeks here at Lawton, Oklahoma. You know, I could hear the excitement in your voice when you said your, <laughs> you know, your intro. <laughs> that was really excited. Like I can tell you're, you're finally seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. I'm smelling the barn just a little bit. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready when <laughs> my flight out of here. I got to change to from the 22nd to the 19th because I guess the course dates were a few days off. They were old when we scheduled our dates, so they're like, "Oh yeah, you can actually leave on the 19th." So I was like, "Okay." And so, you know, it got pushed up from a Monday to a Friday. And I'm just like, oh, man, dude, there's only one more Friday. Dude, and then the next one, I'm, that, I'm playing out of here. Whoo, I'll be at the airport waiting for the sign. Yeah. <laughs> sign in a hat. All right, let's go. I've got to record, man. <laughs> we got to go. We got to go. We got to re- show to record. <laughs> yeah, kiss your wife. Yeah, good to see you. <laughs> We'll just forget her that she's even there. She's like, Mason, I'm still here waiting for you. Where are you? Like, yeah. uh, Did you come out? Like, uh, Nick picked me up. <laughs> Sorry, the Cup Tech van, Cup Talk van picked me up outside of the plane. I thought you knew. <laughs> we got a show to do. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, light at the end of the tunnel. Did you get your rollerblades? No, I just kind of... Yep. Gave it up. The Two weeks, whatever. Class schedule keeps changing every day. It's like some days we get out early, some days we don't. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to get through my six weeks without hockey and, you know, get out of here. It's kind of like when you plan to, like, buy someone something for their birthday and then, like, the closer it gets, you're like, oh, I got to really do that. And then, like, it gets almost there. You're like, you know what? Yeah, never mind. They haven't gotten me anything ever, so. <laughs> and, then, and then you, like, hang out with them and you accidentally, like, dude, I was going to get you the coolest thing. And they're like. So what? You're like, uh, I'm not getting it anymore. <laughs> Never mind. Have you ever had a friend do that where they like text you like, I got a birthday gift for you. It's still six weeks out. And it's like your birthday that day. And you're like, oh, okay. I'm glad you thought ahead on this one. It, really, it's so appreciated. It, the least you could do was like order it the day of the birthday and like give them the like confirmation that you ordered it. Like, Hey, I bought this today. Yeah. Here's the receipt. <laughs> I could have gone to real. Like, I could have gone to Target and bought you something, but I ordered something you would actually like. Yeah, exactly. Instead of going and I mean, and that's you know, there's value in that. Instead of going to like, yeah, you you just scan the you know discount shelf of Target and found me something, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> Oh, or when you or when, not what you like we we took lexi to a birthday party with one of her teammates a couple weeks ago they went to a movie and her mom texted out and said oh she likes these kind of legos and sure enough she got like two of the same sets of legos because every mom just went to target and bought the right. bought the like not the expensive <laughs> one not the cheap one but the you know we like you price oh. <laughs> That thing for your buck kind of is worth a squeeze. Yeah, but she but she got I this. Feel like that used to be so much easier. Yeah, I, I don't know the kids and growing up, you know, it was like, yeah, I just want the cool Charizard Pokemon toy or something, you know, and you can go to the store the day of or the day before <laughs> and get it. And now it's like anything that a kid really wants. You're like, oh, it's three weeks of shipping. Yeah, or you know, they want a code so that they can play more Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah who gets you don't even like hand them video games anymore it's like oh here you can go download it but that's what i did for trace you know brother when he turned 15 
here's a code, buddy. You know, he's like, oh, good. I needed credits for my Rocket League. <laughs> nice. Coming to Utah soon, but looks like uh, there was a couple teams in Utah to play some junior hockey this weekend. Yeah, there was some great the Utah Showcase. Is that what it was? Or U- yeah. Utah USBHL Showcase. Yeah, so they had the T-Birds yeah. were here, the Fresno Monsters, and the Anaheim Avalanche. And is it me, or does the Mountain Division just seem way better than the Pacific Division, at least this, this last week? Yeah, they, they <laughs> smacked them around. I mean, I think the Mustangs were the only ones who got a loss this weekend. Yeah, they lost the game by, by one to Fresno. And then, But outside of that, yeah, Fresno's the only team that got a W. And then Outliers. From California. Yeah, Outliers yeah. swept their series. The Provo Riverblades freaking smacked everybody around. Yeah, I just tallied this up for funsies because of seeing their scores. They had 38 goals for to eight against. <laughs> That'll do. River <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> right? <laughs> scores of 12 to one and 11 to two. You're like, man, that's demoralizing. <laughs> Come through and lose every game and then lose by scores like that too. Yeah. But, hey, junior hockey's rocking and rolling in Utah. Yeah, it's good to, good to be a fan in Utah. If you want to catch some junior hockey, now's the time. It seems like all these teams are hot. They're doing really well. Cruise on down to Provo see the, at the peaks to Provo. see the Riverblades to watch them score a ton of – Dude, did you see the goalie fight? Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, oh. that's on their Instagram, the Provo Riverblades. That was sick. Yeah, so forget how many goals they scored. Provo – freaking goalie fight was it it was against uh fresno too wasn't it yeah it was a pretty long one too they let him really go uh, like, the re- there's a lot of comes around. in and like he was like i'm gonna stop it uh, no i can't stop it uh maybe you're really into it okay i'll let him go but i'm gonna i'm, gonna, I'm right here <laughs> he's like this 20 dollars an hour isn't worth it <laughs> <laughs> he was he looked like a, a parents whose kids just learning to walk where like they kind of hover over them as they walk yeah. Don't worry, buddy. I got you. I got you. But that was that was pretty cool. I thought that's a that's probably one of the biggest highlights to come out of this weekend. Check out the uh, Provo Riverblades Instagram to see that goalie yeah. fight. That was a that was entertaining. Hey, that's worth the price of admission, no matter what that admission is. Right. Their tickets are only like around. I think it's like eight to eleven bucks. You know, to go to a game. So you hit their website up. You know, yeah, you get to a game pretty cheap. Have a good time. Well. I can't wait to see who who comes out of Utah out of this whole thing for the junior league. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> the Ogden's in first place now in the Mountain Division. But they but lost. But they lost this weekend to Fresno. They and... lost one game, and they're only what ten points I think ahead of uh, Provo, who's at the bottom. So like, they, and Provo's only one. They're they're ten one and two since January first. They're on a seven game win streak. So I think it's a matter of time. They might, yeah. Provo, I could see easily climb up and finish the season top dogs. They're slapping teams around, you know, eleven to two, twelve to one, you know, or whatever those scores were. That was that was a lot. That's a lot of goals. Oh, it is a lot of goals. But also at the Peaks Arena this weekend, Utah State and BYU playing again. Some more college hockey hey. in Utah. Yeah, our old boy Ethan Weiss or Ethan Weesey. 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 Weesey Pieces. That's right. We see PCs, the tender for Utah State. They lost another couple games. Yeah, well, yeah. So, but BYU, I think they're ending their season on this note and undefeated season. I mean, it was only yeah. four games, but undefeated. Big four and zero. I mean, that might be the first time 
in BYU hockey history. They have on an undefeated season. I take hey. I take that to the bank. <laughs> right, you know, you win one, that's great. You win four, and that's a streak. Now, see, they can <laughs> they'll definitely be able to bring some prospects into BYU. Like, hey, dude, we went undefeated last year. That's right. Dominated Utah. Like, nobody in Utah was able to beat us either. Nobody. We were the only team in Utah who actually won a freaking game last year. He's <laughs> a sexier way to put it. <laughs> Every high school kid who's looking to go to Utah, a Utah school for college hockey, going to BYU. Utah State's just losing commits left and right. <laughs> go down south and play for Provo. If they can uh, get in with the honor code and everything, that's the tough part. That is the Club tough hockey, part. They're not getting you into the school. It's like, well, you got to get here, bro, and then pay us, and then we'll let you play. Yeah. <laughs> if you're playing BYU hockey, you probably got to live off campus. Yeah. You're, you're not in the free student housing. Unless, you know, you're on an academic scholarship or something like that. <laughs> uh, I don't think they give those out for hockey players, but who knows? Maybe. I don't you know. We'll get to the bottom of that. Yeah. But also more uh, uh, school-related hockey in Utah. The Division One high school hockey uh, playoffs started yesterday with uh, Uinta and the Salt Lake Stars. And Uinta came in from Vernal, and they played in Bountiful. I only know because uh, I was leaving the rink as they were about to jump on the ice. So, but nice. and like they have this. There's a lady who runs the box in Vernal. I don't know. If she does it for every game. She did it for every game I've played out there. But she has this like pooch with her, and I I saw him. I was like, oh, that must be who's playing Vernal. <laughs> well, you went to so lady and her pooch, huh? Yeah, and I asked her. I was like, hey, is the pooch running the scoreboard again tonight, or what? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't know. Maybe I, I I asked them if they needed my help, but they said they were all fine. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, he does a pretty good job. Yeah. So if you ever play on well, Vernal, you know, cool. there's always a pooch running the scoreboard. He's <laughs> <laughs> Look for the little pooch in the scorekeeper box, you know. Between every... If all of a sudden the uh, shots on goal jumps up by 20. <laughs> they, they... they tell the wagon really hard over there. After every goal they play, who lets the dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's good. Oh, yeah. So, youth hockey this week, though. Like hey. I said, we were getting off the off the ice, and we just had a skills clinic. We didn't have a game this weekend. We tried to get together for some street hockey, but... uh. We got some snow, so we called the street hockey off, but it was in the plans. Yeah, it it came down in Utah, huh? Yeah. Last, it, like what, last few days? Yeah, it came down, but it was gone by Saturday, like late afternoon. So, But by then, we had already canceled the street hockey, and we're on our way to the skills clinic. So no oh, youth okay. hockey it's games just, uh, to talk about this weekend. Uh, men's league. Yeah. We, I had a men's league game on Friday. Um do you want the good news or the bad news first? Let's get let's get the good news. Um, we won. All right. Bad news is yeah, the dub. Uh, I let in nine goals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you can win with nine goals against, though, we won ten crazy. to nine. That's a high scoring Dude, game. It man. was, and it was within a goal or two the entire game. It was just back and forth. After the second period, you know, I was skating across, and the goalie in the other team, he was my high school goalie partner, and I was like, dude, it's just not our night. And he's like, yeah, it's a freaking shootout out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I... You guys should have staged a fight at the end of the game. We should have. You know, we like should have. Fre- Fresno and Provo. 
but there, you know, the difference was, is I think there was like a total of like six people there instead of like 60. Yeah. So they might've all woken up though when you guys started fighting, but then you guys could just like maybe hug, go into a hug, you know, just like, just kidding. I don't think anybody had their phones. I don't think anybody had their phones ready for, you know, Instagram and a goalie fight. Yeah. <laughs> at that point, the end of the game, it would have been probably past midnight. So I don't think anybody at that point was, you know, getting their phone out for some Instagram. And... Hey, I have some video footage of uh, some old beavers brawling when I played with you yeah? years ago. Yeah, you have video yeah, of it? When, yeah, Hillary was recording and we have it on like our Google Drive. It's oh, like you and that goalie the, talking or whatever. BMA and then it like bro. over as I went to the ground with that guy. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. awesome. Dude, get this though. I I coach with this guy and he I don't know, we just don't just don't really gel. Like I don't really coach with him a lot. He's just one of the coaches. And he's always kind of just been like a little bit cold towards me. And I'm like, what is this you know, I was like, I don't know, maybe I think I played against him in the men's league. Maybe he just doesn't like me. I maybe we played against him. Yeah. I realized that we have a video of Cody ragdolling him. <laughs> oh no! The only time we've ever let Cody too. Yeah, they let Cody's the a nice guy. Yeah, the only time I've ever like had a ref or like two refs just let two people go in a men's league. Dude, they just went at it. Both had helmets off, dude, and Cody ragdolls him. And I was like, oh, man. like light bulb went. I was like, Bing! That's why he doesn't like me. <laughs> or maybe he just he maybe that's just Cody. why he, he's like what maybe, I don't know maybe that's yeah he does not even think about that maybe he's just a quiet guy but I thought that was I good. could see that being the reason I wouldn't put it past him but I mean in, in for those of you who don't know Cody he's kind of what he's like six one six two yeah Looks, built like a linebacker dude he's a he's a big dude I wouldn't fight Cody oh yeah Cody's Cody knows how to brawl <laughs> that's funny and he coaches with you in the same on your kids team. Yeah, so he's just one of the other coaches. I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> he's always been giving me the cold shoulder. <laughs> I've seen him on my video feed. Oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, so that kind of just light bulb went on. I was like, and I even was like, dude, Autumn, check this out. I was like, I I got it. And I showed it. And she's like, oh, yep. <laughs> you should go up to him next practice or at the end of the season like hey is this you in the video i, I just I'm was honestly, so familiar <laughs> i've thought about it i i don't even want to show the other coaches because i don't want anyone else to like think i'm trying yeah. to like rag on him because he's a good dude i like him but mm-hmm. for some reason i kind of get the cold shoulder from him and it could be unrelated but if i was a bed man i'd say it's kind of related but <laughs> Or you do the kids banquet at the end of the season and like after you play the little slideshow of the kids, you just like put on the video and you're like, Hey guys, we like, found this little video of one of your coaches. Like, no, 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 no. It's like on like the, the desktop, just like playing, like when you like get out of the, the slideshow, you know, it's like, just like right there, just going like, you're like, Oh, Oh, sorry. What? Oh, I can't, I can't get it to go off. Uh, There's nothing I can do. <laughs> oh man. Like, you know, and like, you know, you're, you're, like you're like showing somebody a phone, you know, like a photo on your phone, and like you hope they don't swipe yeah. left or right, and there's like something they shouldn't see there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like I, I, I used to see, I've seen a meme with like Chris Tucker. It's like, bro, about to show you a picture on my phone. Don't swipe left or right. Just look at the photo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's so funny how many people do that. You like you like, hey dude, check out this photo, and they just start swiping. And you're like, 
what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. I said one photo, man. I didn't say, you know, it's like, it's not an implied thing. Like you could swipe. It's like, it has to be specified. Yeah. If you could swipe, I will tell you, you can swipe right (laughs) a few times. (laughs) That is not for swiping. No swiper. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. Yeah. (laughs) Little Disney cartoon, <laughs> or is that yeah. Dora? Yeah, is Dora, it? Dora. I think she's Nickelodeon. Yeah, but but going back to my men's league game, I was watching NHL Network last night, and they had Grant Fuhr on there, and he was talking about, you know, it was Black History Month, and they were kind of interviewing him, and he said, you know, doesn't matter how many goals you let in, just matters that you win it, let in one less than the other guy. So, I was like. Hmm. That's definitely what I did on Friday night. Right. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> 19 goals total. Yeah, yeah. That I, was walking, nine of them. I was walking out and talking to the guy, and I was like, dang, I cannot believe we just won. And I let nine goals, and he's like, yeah, 19 goals in one game? He's like, when is nine goals not enough? And I'm like, tonight. <laughs> I'm so glad they didn't break double digits on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, come on. But, uh, yeah, that's about it, you know, this weekend for me in hockey. Um, but uh, AHL's back. Yeah, that's exciting. The uh, Eagles is the Grizzlies' next higher team. Colorado Eagles kicked off their season. I didn't see the score. Did they play last night? But they they played, yeah, last night and Friday, I want to say. Okay. I, I didn't see the scores either, so I'm not going to try and pretend like I know what the score was, but... I was too busy staring at the Silver Knights Silver Buckets, man. You can look away, right? Yeah. That was the only thing to see in the AHL this weekend was the Silver Knights freaking helmets. Those were, those were awesome. They weren't messing around. When they named them the Silver Knights, it was like, they were going to be silver. You're going to see the silver on oh. the helmets. That's all you're going to see. Maybe that's their, you know, their intent. It's the other team just like, you know, they get the glare from those helmets in there. <laughs> Rise, you know, we're the goalie. <laughs> yeah, I guess the Kings wore the silver buckets. Was it last year in the the Coors Light, uh, the Stadium Series? They wore the silver buckets for that game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, those uniforms are pretty cool. Yeah, but the, the silver course. buckets, dude. It looks like the like player of the game helmet, but everybody's got it. Yeah, they <laughs> you know they might as well wear like a, an actual knight's armor. <laughs> You know, helmet over. <laughs> just, just, just here you go. Just the knight's Polished armor. Just yeah, the knight's armor. <laughs> Everyone has to wear cages. No, no visors. <laughs> and the cage is like, you like you up your face every time. Yeah. <laughs> the cage like goes into the form of like a knight's mask. Every that would be great. Every guy is like the guy on a uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail who like always lifts up his little thing to like talk. Yeah. <laughs> Which way are we going? <laughs> The Knights that score weak goals. <laughs> we are the Knights to say goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, those silver buckets are awesome. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, if you haven't seen them? Go check out the silver buckets and the silver knights. Yeah, but dropping down into the ECHL, Utah Grizzlies were in hey. Kansas City this last weekend. Hey, did you they, did, did you see my uh did you see the Instagram post I posted the other day about the you know what do Tom Brady and the Utah Grizzlies have in common? I said uh they're oh, both gonna yeah. they're both gonna beat Kansas City this weekend. Nice, nicely done. <laughs> so I'm I'm 
I'm two for three so far, so we'll see in a couple hours. You know, we're filming this, I mean, we're uh, recording this on Sunday, so in a couple hours we'll know if uh, I was right in all three Kansas City losses this weekend. Yeah, so you guys will you know, we'll know. Are there two champions in Tampa by the time this airs? We'll see. What, what's your pick for the game? See, I'm actually going with the Mahomie. Mahomie? Uh... You know, from the, you know, what is that? From the State Farm commercials, meet my new Mahomie, <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> I'm going to the Bucks. I'm going to yeah. the Bucks. I like. But it, it is pretty cool. Like, what the last the only quarterback to beat Pat Mahomes in the playoffs so far is Tom Brady. If Pat Mahomes wins, to be the first quarterback since Tom Brady to win back to back Super Bowls. There's there's and, all you know, sorts of fun little rivalry, you know. Yeah, but I like the Tampa Bay's logo better, so that's what I'm going with. They do have a pretty good look, and you know, forty-three-year-old <laughs> quarterback. You're like, geez, yeah. I'm ever gonna age. Yeah, he's His 10th like Super Bowl. He's the only guy that can go from one team and go to another and take him from a couple scrubs to championship. Yeah, I think they were like a six and ten team last year or something. <laughs> Here they are now. Super Bowl, the first time, the first team ever to play a home game. Super Bowl. Yeah, that that's probably the coolest thing about it. Like you, you get that chance. They got the. Are they going to still have the pirate ship in the corner? Yeah, here's a funny thing, though. I did hear they had a ceasefire on the pirate ship. <laughs> oh. They have to remain neutral for the Super Bowl. Oh. So the NFL is a ceasefire of the pirate ship cannons. I wonder if there's going to be just someone hiding in there, and if they win, they're just going to let it off or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. We didn't know they were in there. <laughs> Misfire. Misfire. Check fire. Check fire. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, they thought that, you know, I thought that was interesting from out here at Fort Sill because it is home of the artillery out here. So, you guys fire in the cannons? We don't like today. to hear the ceasefire. No, but they have been going off this, this week. You, you'll be in walking to class and you shoot. Boom, boom, boom. You're like, oh, someone's shooting. <laughs> nice. I guess there was someone shooting some rockets out a couple of days ago. Some dudes I was talking to were telling me about it. Yeah, those are like giant telephone poles. They just come like soaring through like training <laughs> training round soaring through the sky <laughs> that's probably gotta be the most like unsettling thing to look out the window like, oh rocket like, whoa <laughs> yeah you don't you don't usually see it from the window unfortunately because you're usually far enough outraged but you can hear it and if you're out there like the kids i got to talk to some guys who were out there shooting they were uh working with the cannons you know shooting and they were like yeah it was cool and then rocket just come plowing over our head you know <laughs> I like to shoot off those like little rockets you buy from the, the craft store. Those are fun. Yeah, probably it's not just, as cool. But, like, you know, that's my rockets. I get to shoot off. So, the range is a little bit longer on these ones. <laughs> but do they got a cool parachute that like may or may not open, and you like run like you're, you know, dazed and confused through the field trying to catch it, and you you never can catch it. <laughs> no. They could have one. It wouldn't work <laughs> if they did. All right, so back to the Utah Grizzlies. Getting off subject anyway, again. <laughs> they beat Kansas City twice this weekend. They'll be home next weekend? Yeah. Should yeah, next yeah, weekend. Valentine's the, uh, Day weekend. That's a three-gamer, right? The 12, 13, and 14. Yeah. So. Yeah, so all the yeah, all those looking for, you know, Valentine's activities. Go see a hockey game. Like Sometimes said. that puts you in the mood, you know. <laughs> Talking Grizzlies, we got a legendary Utah Grizzly player on our show today. 
Mick Fakoda. Yeah. When I when I was did you ever watch Mick Fakoda play for the Grizzlies? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I was still young enough. I didn't really pay too much attention. Well, at that you point. you were probably there. You probably, just, to, you probably just didn't know. Let's yeah, see. and maybe I caught him because I was yeah I was like ten ish I think when he was around. Yeah. Um. Two thousand. Two thousand. What is it? Two thousand two. No, two thousand. He ended his career here, so he was here from ninety seven to two thousand. Yeah, back in the old IHL days. Yeah, that was the IHL Turner Cup champs back to back. Those were the days. Right. In call, they win in Colorado. And they're like, oh yeah, by the way, goodbye. <laughs> Ringing in the Avalanche. <laughs> but Utah's like, well, we'll take a team. We'll take them. And sure enough, they're bringing our championship to Utah. Probably the first pro sport championship in Utah. I don't know. I mean, we could probably look that up. I mean, I feel like that's how they talk about it. Like, yeah. oh, RSL was the first pro sport championship. Probably major league. I guess maybe IHL doesn't count as a major league, but still championship in Salt Lake City. At that time, was it even a major league? You know? <laughs> hey, the only, the only, uh, let's see, did the, did the Bulls win the championship in Salt Lake or was it? Uh, they beat the Jazz twice. But was it back to back years? Was in the it, finals. Did they win it in Salt Lake? I think one of them at least. That one epic crossover where he's like, "It was a push off." I want to say mm-hmm. that was in Utah. I was gonna say. I guess that was probably about the same year because the Grizzlies won in ninety six, ninety seven, or ninety six. Yeah, it was probably right. So right around the same time. Yeah, good time to be at the Delta Center for some championship sports. But yeah, Mick Fakoda when I was a kid, man, that's why we went to the games. I mean, we would always go over to my brother JJ's house and pile up on, you know, in the in the car. And we'd usually hit up the Red Robin before the game. That was our spot. And if nice. we went if we went to the Red Robin in Layton in the bar area, there used to be this one like bench that had a Utah Grizzlies stick and stuff above it. So like that was our spot. To go sit. Oh, that's that cool. was where we sat before every Grizzly game. <laughs> we sat there at Red Robin. They've since remodeled the place and it's not there anymore. But we'd always go to that Red Robin and lay in and eat before we went to the Grizzly game. We should and, see if we can recreate that table <laughs> in your basement somewhere. <laughs> we should <laughs> find that Grizzly memorabilia. <laughs> they probably we'll just, record there. It's probably just stashed somewhere. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. you guys have a basement or a storage unit of all the old stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Mick Fakoda on the show today. So, should we just head over to that interview right now? Let's do it. Today we got from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, a 13-year pro from the NHL playing for the New York Islanders, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Montreal Canadiens, scoring 16 goals and racking up 2,077 career penalty minutes still holds the record for most penalty minutes by a New York Islander with 1,879 penalty minutes. Also, a Utah Grizzly legend with 660 penalty minutes and 26 goals in his times with the Grizzlies, Mick Vakoda. How's it going? How's it going, Mick? Good, good. Surviving. (laughs) That's all you can do these days, right? What What are you doing these days, you know, post hockey? Yeah, so I live out on Martha's Vineyard out in Massachusetts. Um, I'm in management for uh, a recycling company that we basically haul everything off the island of Martha's Vineyard and take it to destination to be recycled or reused or repurposed, kind of like the newest line of single-stream recycling stuff. Right. So that's a pretty cool mission to have, actually. 
Um, it's a little, what got you into that? Uh, a friend. I was, I was at, when I left, when I left Utah, that was my last year. So yeah, when I left Utah, I came out here to, uh, join the sheriff's department. And so I did that for like the first, I did that for the first, uh, eight or nine years after retiring. Um, and then I had a friend that opened up a waste management business and he was telling me about how single stream recycling was the new, going to be the new thing. And, and, you know, he needed somebody to come in that was going to be aggressive and not be afraid to deal with, you know, other competitors and, he said I fit the role, so I got into it. It was pretty, it was pretty interesting, to be honest. That's quite the role after hockey. Yeah, I think you well, nailed it. Like a no fear guy. Well, you know, the potential of the occasional altercation was kind of appealing <laughs> in the quick process. But yeah, it's, no, it was pretty it's, cool. Has it ever had to come to fisticuffs, or you know? Yeah, no. I think I, I made you know you always prepare for the worst. <laughs> So I probably built it up in my mind to like an episode of The Sopranos and like, how was I going to handle this situation? And yeah, it never arose. So now, oh, that's got to be funny. I mean, if I was on your, thinking about being on your team in your work now, if you were going to meet with someone like, yeah, just, just you two, this guy, <laughs> you know, figure out what, who he is and what he's done. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, cool. Glad to see you doing well out in Martha's Vineyard. That's a pretty place to live, I imagine. Yeah, well, we're in the middle of a nor'easter right now, so it's typical New England, you know, forecast of uh, 14 inches of snow, and it's just rain right. and, you know, typical northeast. Are you getting hit with that cold front? Yeah, so, us about? yeah so whatever happens out here at Martha's Vineyard for the, I've been out here now for like uh, year round, uh, 18, 19 years, but I, I was just summer brat coming out here in the summers, and for whatever reason, everything goes by us. So, like Worcester and Boston get two feet of snow, and we get like rain. So I don't know whether it's the ocean effect, you know, just it seems to steer it away from us. That's never as bad as it as it is on the mainland. Well, that's good. It seems like you got the better better of the deal out there. Yeah, you live on an island, so there's a consequence for everything, right? Like <laughs> you have to take you have to take the ferry boat if you want to go to America. Oh. Um, so like extra now, waiting time. Sure. So right now the boats aren't running, so you're not going anywhere if you, whether you wanted to or not. Nice. You guys have you guys have grocery stores and all the necessities there on the island. Yeah, so it's a small. Yeah, it's a small it's a small um I'd say like three separate villages or whatever, but we have no franchises and we have no traffic lights. We have one rotary and a whole bunch of four-way stop signs. So as long as you know how to do rotaries and stop yeah. for stops, you're okay. Their speed limit doesn't go over 45 miles an hour. So it's pretty simple. You know, just take your yeah. time. <laughs> Put around. Do you guys have to worry about getting your, like the recycling off the island for your yeah. company or do you guys do it all there? Yeah, no, everything gets shipped. Everything gets shipped. So we, yes. we some of the, the uh, restaurant composting here. But all of the larger commercial stuff gets sh shipped off. Yeah, got some logistical coordination to be done in there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys both out in Utah, or where? Where are you guys? So we both live yeah, in normally. Utah, but Mason, he's in the National Guard, so he's out in Oklahoma actually right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the beautiful lot in Oklahoma. I'm a field artillery officer in the National Guard and stuff. Sweet. This hey. is the uh, home of the artillery, so I come here for my training. Awesome. How's the weather there? 
it's uh it's actually been pretty nice uh this warming up to like the 70s and it's like on wednesday and it goes back down to 50s it really doesn't get that cold but the wind is what bites and like the mornings you know it'll be like 20 degrees with the you know the high winds and that's when it sucks but it's actually not too bad attempts like throughout the day you know you don't really need a jacket or anything so is it like the prairies is it is it flat land mostly or oh yeah being from utah when i first drove out here and got here i was like I feel like I'm like on the edge of the world. I don't, I don't see any mountains surrounding me or anything. There's not, there's not like, you know, trees everywhere. It's yeah, it's very flat. There's like one mountain out here. Oh, and I can't think of the name right now, but basically I was like told her like, you're going to go look for it. And then you're going to trip on it on the way to your class or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, that's Saskatchewan to a T. Um, you know, growing up in the prairies, it's my, minus 60, you know, with the wind chill yeah. and you're, all right. What's a block heater? Well, you need the block heater to start the vehicle or you don't have the ride. Like, I thought everywhere had a block heater. And then I got to like New York and I'm like looking for the cord. And they're like, what are you doing? You got to plug the car in. And they're like, plug it into what? And I'm like, oh yeah, where's the outlet? They're like, what are you, what, what is, oh, anyways. They, yeah, they, I was learning. Experience. They probably thought you were from the future with the plug-in car there. Right. Right? Oh, this guy's on to something. <laughs> you just didn't know what it was going to be. You, you had the idea right. You just, you know, you were plugging in a right? heater rather than the car. <laughs> I know. Just imagine if I invested in that back then. Oh, <laughs> that would be good stuff. Speaking of uh, Canada, so you came up through the WHL, right? Yeah. Any war stories yeah. from the WHL you want to share? Um. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it was, that, that's a whole different world back then. Um. I mean, every, my first, my first year, well, my first year in the SAJHL, Saskatchewan Amateur Junior Hockey League, I was 16, left home, um, went out to trial for the North Balfour North Stars. <clears throat> I didn't have an invitation, but my best friend from high school was invited and he, he knew the coach and told the coach and the coach is like, right, I think I've heard of him. Just, just bring him along. Yeah. And I got there and the coach was like, Hey, Billy. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mike. And I'm like, sure. That, that'll work. Fine. <laughs> he's like, Mike over here. And I went in a room and got dressed and we went out and like a, a scrimmage, whatever. And then all of a sudden the coach is up in the gondola and he grabs a bullhorn and he gets all the players, you know, on the ice. And he just, his name was Jeep George. He's just a little guy. And he goes, I don't know what kind of team you think I'm going to have, but I plan on having the toughest team in the Saskatchewan Amateur Junior Hockey League. Now you got to figure it out. I'm like 16. My buddy's 16. We go back to the bench and I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, uh, I, I don't know, but watch. So the puck drops, fight. Tweet, change. Next line goes out. Puck drops, fight. Tweet change so now we're the next lineup <laughs> like i wonder who's gonna get the fight out there because apparently that's all we do the puck <laughs> hasn't moved there's been no hockey played for 12 minutes there's just been fight drop the puck fight whistle change so i get out there and i line up in this big tall native thin kid with a jopa helmet and no chin strap skates right up and he's like staring at me and i'm like what's up and I'm looking at the linesman to drop the puck. And I mean, the guy drops the puck and this kid grabs me 
and just throttles me. Like hits me three times on the screen. <laughs> and, 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 you know, finally, they're like, Tweet, that's it, change, go to the bench. So we go to, the, we go to the bench and I go to my buddy. I go, that's insane. And he goes, I know, I know. I go, you, how long do you think this goes on for? He goes, well, watch. Puck drops. But now we rotate. We're up again. And I look down the bench, and so are they. And I'm like, you know what? There's no way this is going to happen twice. Like, I'm, I'm trying to make a hockey team. So we go. We line up. He skates right up to me, and he's looking at me again. <laughs> so I'm like, you know Same what? kid? There's no, no way in hell I'm getting the crap beat out of me twice. Like that. So the linesman doesn't even drop the puck. I just drop my glove and I sucker him and he falls down. And I'm almost like doing like that grade school, angry, crying, snotting, <laughs> pounding on him. I'm, I'm sick of this. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And I beat him senseless. And then all of a sudden everybody was like, oh, hey, oh, hey, dude. Calm down. I'm like, calm down. We're just having fun here. <laughs> this is the same asylum. Like, you got to participate at the right level. So I made that team, and all I did was fight. And that's kind of – it's not how I was in, you know, midget and youth hockey. Like, I was a decent hockey player. But I kind of fell into the niche where I wasn't super skilled, but I was skilled enough to play. Um but my intangible was that I was certifiably willing to fight every night. And it was an intimidating advantage for our team against other teams. But then almost every team had someone like that, if not more than one. Yeah, no doubt. So you're, you're getting, yeah, you're going up against their best every night, night in, night out. Yeah. yeah. yeah in the Western Hockey League, the guys that I played against and fought like for three years, were guys like Craig Berube, who's the coach of the St. Louis Blues now. Um, Link Gates was out there. I don't know where he is now. He's, he's, he was a handful. Uh, Todd Ewan, who's since passed away. But a lot of the guys played in the NHL, is, yeah. is the point I was making. Was, uh, was Berube the native guy you, you had to take in the first practice? No. No. No, I didn't have to deal with Chief Craig till we were like 18, 19. This was like 16. Like this guy, and after after that fight, first of all, he waited for me in the lobby. Then he, they kicked him out of the ring. He waited for me in the parking lot. Like I wouldn't. <laughs> and then he never came back. And then the rumor was that he got arrested that night for a bar fight. And because he was 18 and the drinking age is 18 in Saskatchewan. And so he went in and got in a big brawl and got arrested. And I was like, thank God. I don't have to see this guy anymore. Man, that escalated quickly, though. It, it did. So just he, so he didn't make the team. I'm guessing. I'm sorry. He didn't make the team. I'm guessing. Yeah, no, he never came back. No. And I, like I said, glad. Like that was one of those. You're like, oh, okay. So you get signed by the Islanders in '87. So did they just want you to fight, or did they? How did you get signed? How did you went undrafted? So how did the Islanders check you out and decide to sign you? So uh, as a 19-year-old, I was undrafted, and the Washington Capitals brought me to camp as a free agent tryout, like no contract. Yeah, and I was in Saskatoon. I was a bouncer in the summer. 
um, work out during the day, show people around at night. <laughs> Somehow I felt that was like training. Uh, Joe Kosher, and if you're familiar with from the Detroit Red Wings, he's like an all-time yeah. heavyweight, super tough, scary guy. He's from there. He used to work in the same bar that I worked back in, in the day. And I saw him. He'd already been playing in the American Hockey League. And I said, hey, I'm going to a Capitals camp. Like, any advice? And he said, oh, oh, you got signed by the Caps. I'm like, no, no, just a free agent tryout. He's like, dude, you're, you're like number 79 out of 79. They don't, <laughs> they don't even know your name. And I'm like, well, that's not making me feel very good. Thanks for building me up, bro. Yeah. And he goes, well, what I'm trying to tell you is you need to go, you need to get yourself noticed. I'm like, okay, what do I, you know, what's your advice? He goes, there's a guy called Dwight Schofield. You get there, you get in the camp, you find out where he is. And the first chance you get, you go fight him. And I'm like, is he tough? He goes, oh, yeah, he's tough. I go, you think I'll, I'll do okay? He goes, you're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> I go, what? He goes, then you're going to go back, right? And you're going to fight him again. And you're going to fight him every chance you get. And if you don't beat him on the ice, you're going to go after him in the hallway. And if you can't get him in the hallway, jump him in the shower. Wow, you know all the way to the showers. What, 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 what? He goes, because then... They're going to say, who's this crazy SOB? And somebody's going to say, Mick Makota. And then they're going to know your name. So you got to give someone and a I'm shit like, kicking before you, anyone knows your name. Yeah, but by the sounds of it, I'm going to get my ass kicked five times just to have somebody literally say my name. And then to stalk the dude that's kicking your ass, huh? Right. So it, it, it unfolds kind of similar. I get there. Uh, I'm waiting to see who this guy is. This Monte Carlo this is like 1986, I think. Monte Carlo SS 454 pulls in sideways, parks right in front of the rink. And I look at the plates and it's like, Skonan. Skonan. And this guy gets out of his car like a G.I. Joe doll. No neck. <laughs> he's wearing like cut off dungarees and flip flops. And he's walking across the parking lot. I'm like, this guy's like a bodybuilder. Sk- Skonan? Schofield. He calls himself Skonan. <laughs> Not normal. <laughs> so literally, he's the guy, Dwight Schofield. I fight him once. I don't do very well. And uh, I, I try to chirp him up a few times. He's like, kid, like, that was such a beating. We can't even, you know, you're not worth my time. So I had to figure out another option. And it was a rookie game. And, uh, against New Jersey and one of their guys came over the red line to get a puck in warm up. And that was kind of a code in the Western hockey league. If you cross the line to come get a puck in warm up, Oh yeah. A sign of disrespect. So I decided to go in on their goal and I took a shot on their goalie in warm up. <laughs> and then it was a full fledged brawl with no coaches, no referees. Scouts were like on the ice in their sneakers, like sliding around, trying to break everybody up. And we got to the locker room. And I remember Terry Murray was the head coach. And he came walking in and he's like, what the F is going on? And one guy like points at me and he's like, who are you? And I'm like, um, Mick Dakota. And he goes, what happened? And I said, well, the kid came over and took the puck in warm up. He's like, and? 
well, I took a shot on their goal. I mean, you know, eye for an eye. Ah, <laughs> oh, you from the Western Hockey League. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> but he knew my name, you know. So the, yeah. the, the gist of it was I had to get noticed. So from there, I stuck around with the Capitals uh, long enough to get beat up like 12 times in three nights. <laughs> and they sent me back to junior. And my last year junior, I, I had a pretty good year, 20, 28 goals. Um, and the Islanders offered me a contract. Nice. Well, up. the technique worked. <laughs> you gave enough yeah. shit kick-ins, I mean, you like know, getting, to get a spot. <laughs> I'm, sure it's no, I'm sure it's no different than going to L.A. and trying to make a name for yourself or whatever. Like, until you're noticed, until you, you, know, you get someone's attention, it's really not. You know, it, it, it's not a science. It's just trying to get your foot in the door. Yeah. So how did you uh, end up picking number 12? Uh, well, I, I youth hockey, I was always 12 when it was available. And then when I got to junior, uh, 12 was not available. So I took 21. And then when I got back to New York, um, 12 became available. So I I just, that, that, that was the number I took. Nice. It wasn't a very tough one. Not a tough guyish number. Not many twelves that like. Usually, they're a little more skilled players. But. Yeah. So the reason why I asked that is my nephew that I grew up with. Uh, he he wore number twelve because uh, you wore number twelve, and we used to go to the Grizzly games back when we were like little kids. And he like saw you play, and he knew Mike Picotto's his favorite player, <laughs> and so he he wore twelve his whole entire life, and uh, he actually. He was actually shot a couple years ago and passed away, but so we we rock the number twelve on everything we have. We have it on all of our jerseys, all of our helmets. So try not to get emotional here, but you know and, the number yeah. twelve no, really I'm runs sorry. deep. That's really right. runs deep with us because of no, because that of means you. A lot. That means a lot to me. I mean, like that. Obviously, when I got the number, like it, it was my number, so I wanted to always represent. And when I was in Utah. Um, that was a huge, so I was sent to Utah, right, as a demotion. Yeah. But I didn't feel like it was a demotion because, well, I hadn't played hockey in 10 years. I'd basically been on a bench. Just fighting. Uh, and, and fighting. And yeah. got to come down to Utah. A, I had friends there, like Gord Deneen and Rod Miller, um, just Micah Avisoff, Dave Archibald. I had Andy Brickley. I had all these guys that I, you know, met in and out of the years of playing. And they were so excited that I was there. They're like, dude, you're going to help us win. Like, we're going to, we got a good chance to win another Turner Cup. And I was like, this is so exciting. Um, and I was playing hockey again. So I took a lot of pride, like, being there. I took a lot of pride in being there, and, and I really enjoyed my time in Utah. I never – it was, it was a, as professional an organization, um, you know, if you want to call it a minor league team, whatever, an affiliate, but it was as professional as any place in the country. Like it was that good. We were treated so well, so well. Yeah, those were definitely the glory days of the Grizzlies. I mean, when when I was little, if it was a Saturday night and you were playing Long Beach, you knew you were in for a good game. Oh God, some pork. <laughs> I know the stuff that happened with Long Beach. I was like, I just remember Claude Boy then knocking him out and like 
So there was a theory in junior hockey that we were always taught. If you're ever in a brawl, you knock out the guy next to you, and then you go help out every everybody else. But you don't right. ever want to be on the bottom of the pile because you're helpless, right? It's a horrible way to think. But when you're in a situation like that where you or your teammates are going to get hurt, you, you know, you do what you got to do. Yeah. And and that was exactly what happened. There was that night, uh, I think it was a home opener against Long Beach, and, and I knocked out Claude Boyvin and then went around and made sure we won every fight. And, but yeah. it was it – was, <laughs> They, sorry, uh, but they they dropped the puck with less than a second left, wasn't it that game? Yeah, and Gord yeah. and Gord got a was it like sticked or something? And yeah, that's what started the whole thing. And then we just kind of took it to the next level, but that was a tough team too. So yeah, it was always a battle with Long Beach and Utah. Those were the those were the games that was the hottest ticket in town. You know, the, the Utah Jazz were doing good, but. You wanted to be out at the East Center on Saturday night playing Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good, and I think I can't remember who their coach was now. I think like Seanfell, maybe I don't know, but I, I know like he was kind of a a, a, a tough uh, professional hockey player too. So like he wasn't going to back down, and when we had Butch Goring there, he was never going to. Butchie was such a competitor, and then Bobby Bourne was the same way. So, how did you like being a fan favorite in Utah? Well, Utah was all, you know, obviously when I got there, I heard all these things about what, you know, what a different type of environment it was going to be. Because I'm pretty social. I like to go out. Um, and I met some really good friends and ended up loving, loving being in Utah. Uh, fan favorite, like, I, I I don't know. Like, I could tell, like, the crowd like that, you know, the energy, I guess. Right. And I felt that. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, when I was a kid, you know, you walked around, and Mick Vakoda was like a superhero name when I was a kid. And everyone <laughs> looked up to Mick Vakoda, but you still go to Grizzly Games today, and, you know, you hear some chatter about Mick Vakoda, and everybody's eyes light up. And you can tell the guys who have been there for 25 years. Well, I'm not surprised, because the fans that were there when I was there were were super loyal. You know, they were, they were like, I'd, you know, I'd run into an establishment somewhere, and... and you know, some big burly guy with a beard would walk up and like snatch me up and he'd be like, Hey, you did one hell of a job last night. Keep it up. And I was like, Oh, okay. Thank you. But yeah, I loved it out there. Yeah. It's, it's a very, it's been a very underrated program in like recent years too. Some of the, you know, non-hockey fans each have like, well, the Grizzlies aren't even, aren't even pro, are they? And it's like, you have no idea, man. They're pro, and the games are a blast, and, the, yeah, the crowd. And once you get into it, it's an awesome experience. I think Utah's done really well. Yeah, the Grizzlies being an IHL team coming off two Turner Cups, and then now with the ECHL team, they still get pretty good-sized crowds there, those ECHL games. Usually a lot of the – like, they have the highest average of fans. In the yeah, league. I bet. And it, the facility is awesome. Like, it was brand new when I was there, right? Because my – my first year, we played out of the Delta Center, um, and then the next year, we got to go there, or the year after. And it, yeah, I mean that that's to me that's a perfect type hockey environment because it's not one of these big luxury box buildings where the fans don't get to participate with the game. Like it's a very fan friendly environment. So, yeah, that's a great great arena. 
it's it's definitely built for hockey that's for sure yeah and i I loved utah i mean i loved everything about um i mean i had my harley when i was out there and so we rode from after a season one year we rode from salt lake to uh laughlin outside of vegas and i'd never like I don't know. I met all these cool people in Utah and they're like, yeah, we'll just get up at seven and then we're going to ride to Vegas. And, and I was like, okay. And I'm like going through the pass and I'm like, is that snow? <laughs> and nobody's acknowledging me. They're just like trucking. And I'm like, I'm riding in the snow. This is insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you think you're a biker. So you go out somewhere where people actually ride and it's like, okay. Like you didn't just ride around the corner and stop at a bar and then ride to like the Harley shop and buy a t-shirt. Like these guys actually ride and go places. Long rides through the terrain, through the weather. Through the weather. Like not even, like I'm wondering, oh, they got to be pulling over. But then realistically, what are you pulling over to do? Sit in the snow? Yeah. Wait in the cold. (laughs) Yeah. So just keep on trucking, right? Just keep going. Nice. So you're and yours and Gordonine's uh, frame and playing time, like their frame time in Utah, was about the same. What was your friendship with Gord? So Gord, so I met Gord in New York, um, and then Gord, we, you know, I made the Islanders while Gord was here, and then he was part of a trade to Chicago. I think it was Chicago, maybe Minnesota. Anyways, I ended up moving into his condo. He had a condo on Long Island, and he let me live there. Um, and we were good friends, uh, and then always had the same Pat Flatley, who's the captain of the Islanders. Um, him and Gord Deneen were really good friends. And so I was kind of brought into that circle. Um, and then they took me to Ireland one summer to play golf, which is also known as overindulging in alcohol and horrible (laughs) greasy food for like, you know, two weeks nonstop and, and playing occasional game of golf. Um, and that's how I became good friends with Gordo. And then I always had mutual respect for him um, through hockey. Um, and when I got down to, to Salt Lake that year, he was the captain and he's the first one that pulled me aside and he goes, listen, I know you, know, you might not be happy that you got sent down after nine, ten years in the NHL, but he goes, your teammates are going to appreciate you, and we need you. And I was like, for the captain to just pull you aside and have the confidence to be able to articulate, like, you're not just some guy here. Like, you're going to be a part of our team. And it's how Gordo was. He's just one of those guys that he really genuinely cares about each and every one of his teammates. So do you and Gordonine still uh, keep in touch? Yeah, we, we talk, we text a lot, talk, uh, we talk a lot, text occasionally. He's, uh, cause he's still been coaching and, and chasing his, you know, hockey dream around. And I've kind of slowed down here, but we've seen each other at the uh, alumni, New York Islanders, new ownership is really taking an interest in gathering alumni players, um, whether you've played literally one game for the New York Islanders or a thousand, you get invited to their alumni weekend. Uh, you, you know, you pay for your own travel, but all your expenses are paid for that weekend and you're treated 
royally. So I saw Gordo there a couple of years ago. Is the gist of it? But nice. Do you keep in touch with any other Utah Grizzly former teammates? Uh, well, Andy Brickley does the Bruins Nesson games. So anytime I go into Boston, I shoot him a text and see if we can grab lunch. Um, I probably see Brick a couple times a year. Uh, Bobby Beers, I see him. He does the radio for the Bruins, so it's usually one and the same whenever I go into Boston. You live out on this island, it's very rural, so you either love living here and you like not being around everything, or um, or you just can't stand it and you need to get away. I'm like, I, I'm like the rural guy. I grew up in Saskatchewan, so I mean, I can... I right can yeah, I can split wood all day. I'll be, I'll be fine. Nice. Yeah, I want. I was gonna ask. I saw, and I was looking at your your profile. There was there's like one game in like 2011 in the F, the Federal Hockey League with Cape Cod. Um. So I have a son that's 24. Uh, he plays D3 at uh, University of New England, and okay. he was in high school here, and the. A buddy of mine knows the GM of that, that team, the Cape Cod Dolphins or whatever. They got dogs eating six-year-olds. <laughs> um, so anyways, my kid and I, I get, I get offered to play in the game kind of as a promotional thing here. Yeah. And so I'm like, listen, after a few cocktails, I'm like, you know, if I play, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. And... Um, and so the guy's like, yeah, yeah, well, they probably don't want you anyways. So the next morning at seven o'clock, I get a phone call from the GM and he goes, Hey, I hear you're interested in playing today. We'd love to have you. Um, like, hey, well, listen, I was talking a lot of smack last night. Like, <laughs> you know, he goes, well, I mean, we still would love to have you. You don't have to do much. Just kind of come up. So long story short, I tell my kid and he's like, don't play dad. You're going to get killed. <laughs> So now I'm now I'm challenge now, accepted. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well now I'm playing. And then I I go, well, um, I'm gonna play and I might fight. And he goes, Oh my god. Like you're so brittle. I go I go, What? I don't tell you, but I'm gonna fight now. I'm gonna fight the biggest guy on the other team. So as we pull in, there's this guy, he's gotta be six six, three hundred pounds in a suit. And I'm like, that guy's probably Jeez picking his daughter up at figure skating. or something. He, There's no way. He's huge. So I go in there. Everything's done. Warm up. I go, there he is. Motor City something. He's got a nickname. I'm like, <laughs> what is that? And they're like, oh, he's kind of crazy. That's the fighter on the other team. The ogre <laughs> on skates over there, huh? <laughs> and my kids understand going like this. Like, don't, don't do it. it. Don't do it. And he, he happens to be... Um, african-american so during the game he hits one of my teammates or the guys i'm on the team with so i race over and i give him a nudge and i said hey you want to go he goes no i can't fight you i go because i'm white and he's like no because you're old i'm like dude now you gotta fight me he goes my coach told me i can't i'm like well this is the way it unfolds either i run your goalie or you fight me. Well, if you run my goalie, I've got to fight you. <laughs> Do you see how it all connects? Yeah. And two so for one. I didn't, even get to, I didn't even get to his goalie. I was like two strides, 
and there was like this huge eclipse. And he literally like grabbed me, shook me like I was like a sweater, like just ragdolled me. <laughs> I was trying to throw punches, but I, I was like useless. And then we fell to the ice and I landed on top of him. I'm like, have you had enough? Have you had enough? And he just like, you had enough. <laughs> <laughs> So we go to the bar. We didn't even get fighting majors, right? So we just got roughing minors, which means now you get to go back out. Yeah. And I feel him staring at me the whole time. He's like, you want to go? I, like, I can't move my neck. I'm like, my back is tweaked. I'm like, dude, listen, I'm sorry. Okay? I'm sorry. We, we need to call it quits right here before one of us gets hurt, meaning me. Because I can't do this again. And it was like three weeks of just like crickety crick. Like, <laughs> these guys are young. I was probably paid the price. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 40 some years old trying to wrestle around with 26 year olds. No. Hey, but there's not a whole lot of, you know, people that can hang it up for 12 years or, you know, and, and go out and play in a pro game like that. Drop um, the gloves and not get and then, killed. Yeah. And then <laughs> just drop the gloves and get the biggest ogre. <laughs> or I'm not a whole survivor. lot of people willing to do it. <laughs> yeah. I will survive. Anyways, I got my kid. My kid knows better to call my bluff now. Cause yeah. Build the fire. How's, how's he on the ice? Is he a uh, more of a playmaker or does he get pretty physical out there too? Yeah. So he plays, he plays, he plays, but he's a defenseman. He plays physical. Um, you know, that's not, you know, the fighting aspect yeah. element of the game, but he's, he he's he's abrasive. I'd say he got invited to the New York Islanders rookie camp two years ago. Well, whatever whatever oh, nice. but Barzell's first year rookie camp was, I felt so bad for him because they do a drill and he had to go against Barzell like every third or fourth time. Oh yeah, and he blew by everybody, but especially my kid. <laughs> and he was like so frustrated. I'm like, dude. The kid's a first-round pick. He's going to be a you know full-blown thoroughbred in the NHL. Don't be pissed. Like you got this yeah. is good. this is you know figure it out. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. And then we all saw what Barzell was capable of last season in the yeah. playoffs. Oh, he's amazing. Speaking of your highlight days in the Islanders, so you scored a hat trick, right? I did. <laughs> it was a highlight. It's one of the few. <laughs> yeah, three goals in three goals in five minutes. Oh wow, that's a that's a nice hat minutes, trick. Huh? Yeah, and then I scored one more the rest of the year. Seventy five percent of your goals, huh? In that five minutes. Yeah, so that was three goals in. I think it was at the end of October, and I remember on the plane ride home, going, you know what? You score thirty goals, you know, and you get. You know, 150 minutes. That that's big money. And then around Christmas time, I still only had three goals. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? You get 20 goals and 200 minutes. That's like Rick Tockett money. You know, Wendell Clark money. Like you're still going to be making money. And I think I scored that fourth goal in February, and I was like so relieved <laughs> that I scored another goal. Because how do you score three goals in five minutes, and then you can't find the back of the net? Like in seventy other games, it's like you can't justify it. Did you ever have the Gordy Howe hat trick? No, no, I I've never had uh, an assist in a goal in the same game. I've had lots of fights in goals, 
or fights and assists, uh, but not goals. Even one shy. Already have always, yeah, always seem to be. I don't know, junior maybe. Junior, I probably would probably have that happen in junior. What was the, the money like in those days for, you know, getting the veteran, like the minimum contracts, undrafted contracts? Was it in the six figures in the, in the NHL? Yeah, so I guess somehow, somewhere, they told me I earned – so I played 10 years, right? Right. Um, that I made around $2.2 million over the, the length of my career, which I lived like I made twenty point two, <laughs> which – didn't work out in the end. That's why I'm still working. Living the dream, though. But my first contract was eighty-five thousand. Okay. So twenty-five in the minors, and after, if you played uh, four hundred games, you were offered a one-way contract, which oh. meant whatever whatever you made, you made everywhere. Yeah. After four hundred so, games. Okay. After four hundred games. That but was like your probation. Yeah. For me, I got that before. I played 85, 90, then I re-signed, um, and it went up to 125, 135, 150, but I re-signed 225. So it went up like every year, but the most I ever made was 550, which, wow. the, which is not even the league minimum now. Right, yeah. It's right. like I think 750 k or something now for... No, and it just goes to show you how dumb I was. Like, I got guys making six million dollars or two million dollars, whatever, and I'm get I'm paying for the limo, right? Like, I'm like, I got the limo. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but nicest yeah, guy yeah, on I, the team. <laughs> you know what? Everybody got home safe. So got your back was- on and off the ice, <laughs> right? <laughs> Gotta make sure we're good. I, I I was wondering. I've wondered at that level that. When uh, an opposing player, like in the NHL, is getting out of hand, is it is it like a nod from the coach, or is it just like he straight looks at you and like go get him? Yeah, no. So I've never a junior in junior. I was sent sent one time, but in the show, um, never. You just get put in that position. Yeah, and then either you decide whether. Yeah, you never get. I've never been sent. Either you feel like you need to do something or they put you in a position. Yeah, this obligation or kind yeah, of implied. Like, so their line goes out, then you go out. You know, that type of thing. And then sometimes the guy wants to fight you. It's like you said, obligation. Sometimes you want to fight him. Occasionally, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Rob Ray from Buffalo, like, he wasn't one of my favorite. Uh, he wasn't one of the people I respected a lot because he would do things and then you'd have to go out and address it and then he wouldn't fight you. So, back off the cower yeah. way, huh? Yeah. So he was one of the guys where you'd have to run his goalie, which again, I have no problem doing that stuff, <laughs> but it's not like the goalie did anything, unfortunately, because he's like that. You're part, you know, you're part of the equation now. So, um, it's just how you resolve certain issues. And usually if you didn't, you know, you ended up getting the results you wanted. But there's not much you can do. Yeah, well, speaking about coaches sending you, how was playing for the legendary Al Arbor? Yeah, the bat, he, was the, he was the kindest um, father figure. Like, he cared about you more as a person than he did a player. And then I think because he won... Uh, 
four four Stanley Cups as a player. He knew what it felt like. So he wanted you to experience that level of success. And he just, if he ever saw a player playing for the coach or looking for the coach's accolades, you're gone. He wanted you to play for your teammates and react and respond that way. According. So I did some stuff that got us both suspended and he pulled me aside and he was like, you know what? You didn't think you didn't hesitate. You took care of your boys. That's fine. Um, proud, huh? Yeah. He, he really believed that like you should be playing for your teammates. Like that's, so that's how, you know, and, and I think that's the most uh, purest form of winning. You know, when you do something collectively, against another group of guys that's trying to accomplish something collectively and you succeed, it's a tremendous feeling for your group. Uh, and I think that that was like playing for Al. Butch Goring was like that. Butch knew what it was like to win as a player. And he wanted you to know that feeling as a, as a coach. He wanted you to feel what he felt when he won. He's really, he was really amazing. Nice. So fighting in the NHL or fighting in the IHL, which one was tougher? I'll tell you the truth that I think there were some guys in the minors that I probably would have had a lot more difficulty fighting just because I think they were pure raw fighters. And that there's obviously super tough guys up in the show, but they were also hockey players. So it wasn't just that element it wasn't just go to center ice and punch each other's jaws off you know like right there was a little more, of, yeah yeah there's a little more hockey persona related who I'm was sure there's some of these guys in the minors who are trying to punch their way to the show and get their name in people's mouth like you had to do yeah and I, I, it's again like i've seen lots of videos from guys back you know in the minors and i'm like whoo and they've been up into the NHL, just for whatever reason, our paths never crossed. I think, that it, you know, like I said, there was that real fine line. You have to, whether you, you know, my stats don't necessarily acknowledge that I could, uh, I played a lot, but I mean, I can't remember what year, but I won the Alka-Seltzer plus minus award. So I knew some defensive hockey, how not to hurt my team every time I was on the ice. And I think that's part of it. Like, you know, if you're if you're if you're on the uh, on the road in the opposing rink, and your coach puts you out to fight, and the other coach puts out his first line, and you don't get out of your own end, and they score because you're a defensive liability, chances are you're not going to see the ice again. Right, and you're only right. getting out in those fighting situations. Right. So you've just eliminated that part of your job. And then the other part is there's guys that don't want to fight. You know, they 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 fight, but they don't want to do it all the time. Because there's a lot of times you fight when you're not angry. Like if you go through two hours of my fights, there's maybe 45 minutes of entertaining, in my opinion, fights. There's a lot of fights that are just completely blah because I've been sitting there and now they scored to make it five to two and they put me on the ice and then the guy's like, do you want to go? And I'm like, let's go you're not really invested yeah. where there's other fights where the guy takes my, you know, t 
breaks the stick over my line mate and I'm right there. And now yeah. it's a throw and it's a good toe to toe, you know, for a minute of, you know, just blowing each other's faces up. So it, it's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that process back then. Obviously it's not the same anymore. I do watch like some of like the Ryan Reeves, uh, Tom Wilson in, um, in Washington, like some of these guys, they kind of have that, I don't know, get out of jail free card. Cause there's literally only like a handful of them in the NHL where, yeah. you know, I don't know, 1997, 1998, there's, two on each team, at least one on each team. So you got no nights off, right? Like every night you were going to be held accountable. You're stepping out. Yeah. yeah. Might not have to fight every night, but you have to be ready to fight every night. Yeah. So who was the toughest guy you ever fought? Yeah, I, I can honestly say with a, a clear conscience that there's so many I mean, I fought, I think, everybody that, you know, Bob Probert. Uh, yeah, like, I fought, Pro, like, like Bob Probert was tough. Dave Brown was tough. Um, Tony Twist, Joe Kosher, um, Stu Grimson. Like, all the guys were tough. But, I mean, on any given night, somebody slips, somebody misses, somebody gets a good shot in. I don't know. You can win any night. It's just... Can you survive, I guess? Yeah. Can keep swinging. Live the yeah. hotel, night in, yeah. night out. What, what's your most memorable fight? I mean, there's I've seen the video of you skating around Toronto with no shirt on, you know, just grabbing anybody you can. But what's what's your most memorable fight? Uh, well, I think there was one against the Rangers at home against Ty Domi. He just, he just had this big two-game home and home against Bob Probert and he did really well. And after the second fight, he was like putting the belt around his waist, skating across center ice um, in the garden. Then we played him like three days later and I fought him and I think I got the better of him. And I just lifted up my Jersey to look at my belt and all the reporters were like, Oh, are you self-proclaiming? You're the heavyweight champ. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm like, the only belt I got holds up my pants. That's my belt. It holds up my heart. This isn't WWF or the heavyweight championship. Anybody can win any night. Guess what? I won tonight. You know, so that was kind of like, a, and plus the Islander Rangers rivalry was crazy. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That. So what, what's the, sorry. Go ahead, Mason. Let's say, like, yeah, what was, like, your funnest season then in the in the pros? Was it one of those years, the Grizzlies, when you came back, came down and you were really a big part of the team's success, or did you have a lot yeah, more that, fun in the show? I would say that first year that I got went down to Utah when we were playing out of the Delta Center, because um, I really thought we won, we won two rounds, and then we lost to, I think, the eventual Turner Cup winner. I don't know if that was Long Beach. Um, but 92-93 is when the Islanders, when we went to the semifinals, when we knocked Pittsburgh off, they were going for their three-peat. Um, and we won our first round against Washington, 
at the game deciding game six clinching series game, Dale Hunter cross-checked Pierre Turgeon after he sco- scored the game winner and separated his shoulder. And so we lost Turge. And now we're going into Pittsburgh. Uh, and er- every single prediction was sweep that we would be swept in four. Every, not, get a win. Like, not a win. That maybe with Turge we could have won a game. But that, anyways, game seven, overtime, and we won. And it was, we were up three to one with five minutes to go in game seven. And they came back and tied it in Pittsburgh. And like we were in our little locker room in the igloo and it was just literally vibrating. And guys were like, what, what did we do? We're screwed. We're done. And, you know, kicked over a few tables. And if somebody said at the beginning of the series, I'm going to give you one shot to knock the Pittsburgh Penguins off. One shot. We just said, let's take it. <laughs> let's just, why not? Just let's start go, game, game seven back. overtime. Let's game just go from there. Coaching? Let's roll. I mean, I would take those odds every time. We weren't supposed to win a game. And we went out. First period, David Volek, slap shot, top shot, boom. Could have heard it. That place was just like, Stank. It just stank of silence. And, you know, I went that through, momentum. Yeah, I went through guys, like, so we, we were leaving after practice. It's like one of those cycle things that I do, but if you're not in, you're, you're, you're in the way. So we had to pack for Pittsburgh, and then you had to pack for Montreal because we were going right from Pittsburgh to Montreal. Well, the cycle that I am in, I bet some of these lazy Fs aren't going to pack for Montreal because they don't think we're going to win. So I started going through guys' soup bags. <laughs> and I'm like, that feels pretty light. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm going to buy a shirt when we get to Pittsburgh. Nah, I don't know. We don't have much time. <laughs> I don't feel like you're buying. And, and, dude, guys are so scared of, like, because you're calling them on the bluff, right? Right. If you think like that, you're probably going to lose. So um, we had really good leadership. That was my favorite year. Long story all the yeah. way around. Just overcoming. And then, you know, we, we went to Montreal. And I think we just didn't have the depth. Because um, Montreal ended up winning the cup that year. So we lost to Montreal. They went to the finals, and they ended up beating L.A. Um, for the Cup. But that's as close as, I, as I've gotten to getting my name chiseled on anything. Yeah, that's a pretty cool way to rally the troops, though. That's something, like, you don't think of, you know, as, you know, as doing. I think it's, like, not if you haven't played at that level, just grabbing someone's bag. You know, I wouldn't think about that and be like, dude, you're not even buying in, man. You're not, yeah. you, don't, you got one T-shirt in here. We're going the distance. Yeah, I'm the sketchiest. I'm the sketchiest guy like that. Oh, so, like <laughs> they even see you cars, like loofing, like lurking around. Yeah, the, they're all like, "Oh shit, here he comes!" Like just constantly like on it. But I do any, you know, I love you. I'll do anything for you, but just don't be shady. You know, I don't like shady. Right. We don't like shade. We want. We, you're all in. It might not be a lot. Just give me what you got. You know, like it's how yeah. I got. 
So what was your favorite time in Utah? What was your favorite moment in Utah? Do you have a favorite? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I liked, uh, I, I liked a lot when we started playing at the East center. And I think some, some of the stuff was like the, the ownership, um, the family that, that took us to the East center. And I don't remember their name, but they were, they were so nice as far as, treating the players and supporting their families. Um, and I, I think with Butchie there, we had a really good team. I think the last year with Borney, uh, I think the league was kind of disbanding and there was a lot of players weren't being sent to Utah like they were in the past where we were getting a lot of players. But my favorite time would have been that first year out of the Delta Center where we had a good run and, and we won a lot of games. Like we played really well. Yeah, if you look at those old videos, that place is packed. Yeah, and and I remember we went to a we went to a a jazz game, I think the year after, and um, Salt Lake, I said Salt Lake City Harley Davidson, whatever the dealership is there. I have a friend Al that works there, but these little electric Harleys came out, and my kid was like three years old, and he had this blonde rope and. They wanted him to be a bear, like so. The jazz bear would come out on his Harley, and all these little kids would come out on their electric Harleys. Right. So my kid was one of them, and you know they all walked out. And it was awesome. But Carl Malone's kid liked my kid's Harley, the electric one, and the usher came up to me and he's like, "Hi, so Mrs. Malone would like to buy the Harley," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, well, they sell them." at the dealership I, that's where we got these and the guy's like no no she wants to buy this one and I'm like oh okay well my dad and I put this together for the boys so uh, <laughs> you can't have this one not really for sale <laughs> right and he's like well no she just thinks it'd be fun she wants her kids oh I, I don't I mean she says she'll pay you double I'm like again my dad and I put these decals on like that's not even I can't not about the money. No, he would come and slam my head into the, like, a vice and be like, what are you doing? We did this. Uh, so I remember being like, the first time I was ever insulted by money, I was like, yeah, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you know? Like, that, that, they're decals. They take time. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Carmelo's wife to go buy some. <laughs> right? The There's love in this bike. <laughs> or pay I'm somebody to do it. Stuff. Double the price, price, they'll deliver it and put all the decals and you get brand new ones. So. Yeah, they'll probably put number 12, you know, Carmelone on there. What, 32? What do you, what do you wear? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stockton was 12, right? Was yeah, Stockton yeah. was 12. Yeah, I got it backwards. Stockton, the mailman. Stockton to Vakota, the 12s in 96, right. 97. <laughs> Imagine Did you guys Crazy. ever do anything together? No. No, oh. I just... I. I got to meet him and, you know, obviously those guys are, at that time, Utah was very competitive. So it was, you know, pretty humbling, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, there are a lot of people in Utah are still salty about that. Those days, you know, losing back-to-back uh, finals against Jordan. I, uh, I remember that too. I was like, oh. But you know that's the thing. You never know when you'll get back. So what? When when you uh, finally uh, retired the skates and hung up the axe, what was the reasoning? Well, that last year in Utah, um, 
against Manitoba, I think. Um, there's this kid, Rourke. Anyways, there was a fight, and I hit him, and he was falling down, and I wasn't satisfied. So I was trying to hold him up and hit him again, and I heard a pop, and I, I just let him go. And I sat down, and I couldn't get up right away. I was like, wow, that was weird. I just like, blew my knee out. I was like, what was that? And um, we went into the locker room, and they pulled my, my hockey pants down, and they're like, oh, yeah. Yep, you got a hernia. Oh, jeez. Oh, Jesus. Okay, what do we do for that? Well, we're going to get you to the hospital. And we'll see if we can you know, get it taken care of. Okay. So we raced ambulance rides to the hospital. You don't want that thing bulging out and bursting, I guess. I don't know. And there was a big softball, like, down in that groin area. And we get in there, and the doctor, the surgeon, it's a Saturday night. He does not want to do surgery Saturday because... He's got stuff to do Sunday. So he's like, you know, we'll just take care of it on Monday. And I'm like, yes, sir. He goes, for now, we'll give you some morphine and we'll just push it back in. Let it heal. Let it rest. And then Monday, we'll, we'll take care of it. I go, okay. So he goes to poke on me. Dude, I folded up like an accordion, a gator. I snatched him in between my knees and my arms. And I was just holding him. <laughs> I was like, whatever you do, don't, don't do that ever again <laughs> and he literally stood up and he was like fine we'll operate tonight uh, I, I don't know what that means but whatever don't do that again so anyways we went in for surgery and in the morning I wake up and there's this nurse and I'm in a maternity ward and she goes she goes you had an interesting night and I go what you she goes well it wasn't a hernia you broke your pelvis oh that was my groin. They thought it was the hernia. The groin had rolled up into a ball. Oh. Pelvic area. That was your rolled up groin. The groin <laughs> is bald, and he was poking on it. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just going to press this hernia back in. <laughs> right? And you're like, oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're, 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 you're checking your own manhood. Like, oh, I must be stuck. Like, he said it didn't hurt, but that hurt a lot. Like, <laughs> you, have to, uh, you have to count and make sure that yeah, all, so, everything's there right right so that was it so long story that that didn't that didn't heal but i came back and played and every now and then you would get a, a, a sense of scar tissue tearing it felt like i'd blown it out again but it wasn't it was just all the scar tissue and it was so much work that it, it wasn't worth for me because I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting NHL contracts offered. Um, I wasn't getting NHL contracts, and this is the funny part. This tells you my mentality. It's why I pay for limos. I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna go down and play in the minors for seventy five, eighty thousand dollars a year. So I took a job as a correctional officer at the sheriff's department. For sixty five thousand a year, <laughs> <laughs> having guys like call me out every day, you know, just complete knucklehead. Uh, and I was working for six months playing hockey, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm above that." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was that was the final straw that broke the uh, the Mick Dakota's back. But that was it. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know the the other part, Nick. Like guys were getting really big. 
Like, so when I was yeah, fighting, yeah. I was fighting six, five, six, six, right. That was a big guy, six, four, six, five. Now these guys were like the boogeyman, poor guard, like six, nine. Yeah. What are you, you, know, what are you standing at? Are you six feet? Five, 11? Me? Yeah. I'm six, two. Okay. But like you're fighting guys, six, seven, six, nine, like with the reach. Six, like six, seven inches. Yeah, you're like I don't know, and it's not like I wasn't hit before. So you want to just keep getting punched in the face, like yeah. not pretty, but I didn't want to be pretty ugly. <laughs> so, well, even with all the injuries, you know that you've had over the years, you know the main one being this pelvis. Would you go back and do it again, or would you take a different route? Yeah, no, I wouldn't do anything different. I think I might have worked. I think there's only one regret. Like it was in that '92, '93 run um, against Montreal. So when we won in Pittsburgh, the guys were pretty gassed, and we were in Montreal. And uh, that first game, Al Arbor was double shifting me, trying to give other guys a rest. And if yeah, if I regretted anything, I I just would honestly say I don't think I worked hard enough. Like, I wasn't playing a lot. And if I had worked harder, maybe I would have made a difference. Maybe not. You know what I mean? But I know I didn't do everything to the full ability that when you get double shifted for a period and you chip one in, like, it just sends a whole different message. Like, it could have changed the course. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there were no, no, no regrets, really. None. Nice. Have you been back to Utah since leaving, like other than just a vacation or? Yeah, no, I did. I rode my Harley through there uh, with a buddy probably four or five years after. He, we met, in, he came from Edmonton, Alberta, and I came from here, from Massachusetts, and we met in Salt Lake. And the best story is, I can't remember if we were at, uh, a peanut bar. Oh my God. I I used to go to the port of call all the time, but there's a peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut bar, like just the beer bar down the road, downstairs. Anyways, we met there, an Irish pub. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. Was, yeah. Yeah. I think it was oh, shucks. And he goes, so the plan is to get up at seven, get on the road and we're going to ride through death Valley at 10 a.m. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've done all, I've done all, I've done all the, the figuring. We're going to be going through there. 9.30, 10 a.m. will be perfect. And we got into Furnace Creek in Death Valley at 12.01. <laughs> and it was 122 degrees. Ooh. Ooh. And I was like, why listen to an Irish guy? In, in you know in in, in Utah, giving me ciphering on how to get through Death Valley, like that's what you get. That's exactly what you get. What did I think I was getting myself into? Yeah, trusting this guy. <laughs> but I have not been back since that. And that was probably in like two thousand and uh, two thousand and two. Well, we'll have to get you back out here. Yeah, I have friends that I stay in contact with, so yeah, I would love to. I'd love to come back out there. 
Yeah, well, maybe when things get a little bit less crazy, we can get you out to a Grizzly game or something. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I would, that would love be that. Great. How are how are how are things out there in Utah? It's pretty chill. It's pretty chill. I mean, the Utah Grizzlies are one of the thirteen teams right now playing in the ECHL. So, and they are allowing eighteen hundred fans, and they're doing pretty well. I mean, they're they're middle of the pack, but you know, people are getting called up and down every day. So, they're doing pretty good. I think it's going to be a good season when it all when it's all done. Yeah, I think anything you can get out of it, it has to be. And then my six year old gets to play, um, and I don't know what he would do if he if, he, if we didn't have that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. There's no soccer. There was no baseball. There was no swimming. Um, kids got to young people got to have something. Yeah, I coach my daughter's ten uh, U team out here, so we've been playing and. We had a two-week break where we had to be off, but that other than that, we've been playing, so, and we play as much as we can, so it's pretty good. Yeah, I love it. I know. As long as, like I said, as long as the kids can have some, some source of, of release and, and camaraderie and friendship and whatever, you know, exercise and energy, something that, that you know, they feel good about, because um, that's sad. I feel bad for these kids that, you know, imagine being a senior in high school or a senior in college and, you know, you've dedicated your whole life to this stuff and to not be able to uh, enjoy, you know, the, the, the latter part of it. That's got to be pretty frustrating. Yeah, it'd be yeah. very hard not to finish out the career that you started there because of COVID or, yeah, yeah. season getting canceled for the pandemic. That would that would be a tough break for sure. Like you were but saying. I was, I was going to say, like you were saying, you never know when you're going to have a second chance at something great. Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, I, I'm optimistic that and I, I try to focus on the positive. So, you know, I'm optimistic that things are going to move in a better direction. So, you know. I think so. Keep I think things trudging are going ahead. Good. That's all yeah. you can do. Yeah, well, it's, I think we've uh, stolen enough of your time, Mick. This has been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed this. It's been uh, something no, I've always wanted to do. <laughs> Yeah. No, I appreciate it, and I, I enjoy talking and hearing, um, you know, about things going on in Utah as well as everywhere else in Oklahoma. And... <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the lovely city that is Lawton. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's it's been a privilege and uh, an, an honor, and I played. I had the privilege of playing with uh, Nick's nephew Kyle. That uh, you know, who, who's you know was inspired by you as a player, and he really did. He lived the same kind of mentality. He was the get your back kind of guy, and he I think got suspended our last season for trying to fight the ref in the parking lot after the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, some and he, people just don't understand. No, he yeah. was, he was like everything I hear about you is like a is like the exact same kind of guy who was like he did nothing for himself. It was all because, and the reason why he wanted to fight the ref was because he he threw out another guy for trying to stand up for our guy. And then this other guy was getting sucker punched and he tried to get in there and sure, sure enough, he gets the third man in and then he gets thrown out and the other guy's nothing. So he was just trying to call the, you know, the ref out on his, his, uh, unfairness. So he always, he always thought about everyone else first and that's how he lived his life. And, and he, you know, sadly at a young age, he was 20, he was 24, but, 
I mean, like I said, he wore that number 12 real proud. And he actually, on his gravestone, he has a picture of him playing hockey, and there's a number 12 on his, st- on his stone. So, Love hearing that. I'm sorry about the results, but it's amazing to hear. Yeah, so. The passion. Yeah. So, it's been awesome talking to you. Thanks again for taking this time out of your day. No, it's my pleasure, and you have my number. Don't be shy. Reach out anytime <laughs> if there's anything anything I can do. Awesome. Yeah. So if you guys ever get lost out in the island of Martha's Vineyard, shoot me a text and <laughs> see what oh, we no. can do. Oh, uh, thank you. Beautiful Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. I know. It's not what you think it is. <laughs> no. It's not all, yeah, it's not all the Kennedys and... Uh, there's a bunch of rednecks sitting out here too (laughs) hey I'm down with that (laughs) Uh, well thanks again Mick it's been a pleasure yeah I really do appreciate it anyways reach out anytime all right okay thank you absolutely have a good night all right boys thanks yep bye bye Woo! what a great interview that was that is one swell dude I'll that, tell you. That was some good conversation happening there. That was some stories. No, you. I mean, you just don't. You just can't get that unless you get the actual experience from somebody. <laughs> to hear him say that he was living like he was making $20 million a year when he was making 100000 too. <laughs> <laughs> just blowing his money. <laughs> like, oh, man. Living the dream. Just living the dream. And then the story of him in the juniors, you know, having to fight that guy over and over and over. Over and over again until he finally made the kid so upset that he went and got in a bar fight. And then he went to jail. And then he hasn't seen him since. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, you think of, like, Mick wouldn't have appeared in his life at that point. It's like Cobra Kai. It's like the Karate Kid where he loses a match, you know, <laughs> his whole life. <laughs> Gets oh. destroyed from there on out. Like that guy's in a parking lot somewhere thinking about it. <laughs> he's he's uh the guy that he fought and went to jail. He's gonna start his own uh, hockey camp, and then he's gonna he's gonna start a rival group against Mick Bakota's hockey team. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna end up coaching against like, each other. They're gonna have like it's gonna be like Mighty Duck style. Like, yeah, <laughs> them going at it. He's like Uncle Rico. Is that was his name from Napoleon Dynamite. You know, so good juniors. <laughs> Man, we're going to have to start our own uh, TV show with this. That's too good, man. Yeah, I know. But that was a great freaking interview. Yeah. Now, to talk to such a great guy and like a, a local Grizzlies legend and just, you know, a brawler on the, in the NHL, like, you know, you, you YouTube his name and you see these awesome fights. But, you know, to talk about Kyle and him being his inspiration and for him to, you know, be so – kind of candid about that and you know just supportive that was really cool yeah really cool i'm pretty sure kyle had something to do with you know that interview happening so i'm pretty sure yeah i gotta look up say thanks to the (laughs) homie up there (laughs) thanks kyle that was awesome (laughs) we appreciate it yeah so and speaking of kyle i've I've decided we're gonna do the smile like kyle game i mean we usually do it his birthday was um, on the 27th, so we try and do it around his birthday. I think last year was in the February because that's when we could have got ice time. So I've decided we're going to do the Kyle night in June. So we're going to do the Smile Like Kyle hockey game in June, I think. End of June is when we're planning it for. So 
Get your name. End of June. That's, yeah. That's a great time, I think. You know, so yeah, market calendars, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's always some, a fun time. For some time at the end of June, to come watch some hockey. Remember, Kyle, you know, if you want to strap on the skates, we'll throw the skates on. <laughs> There's usually the cutout, Kyle. You know, you can, the cardboard cutouts, you can take a picture with, you know, old uh, Kyle. Yeah. That's, that's definitely like one of my favorite hockey games of the year. Well, probably the favorite hockey game I play in every year. Come watch just because it's a fun time wow. with a lot of good guys that, you know, played with Kyle and it's a lot of fun because Kyle, Kyle loved to buzz around the rink. You know, there's a lot of times when I don't know how the puck just stayed on his stick, but it was like a magnet. He'd spin, twirl, and he'd turn around and the puck was on his stick. <laughs> Like Tasmanian devil over there, just yes. getting through everybody. You're like, he that's still exactly, has it somehow. <laughs> that's exactly how Kyle played, like the Tasmanian devil. And he was always screaming and <laughs> hooting and hollering, too. He's, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> he never smelled lemony fresh, but <laughs> <laughs> lemony fresh. Get your own vodka fresh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably like, yeah, one time, one time we came into the locker room and he just like, tossed his bag like in just like he was just coming in he was happy he just threw his bag and dude it smelled so bad like alcohol in the locker room and he's like oh crap there was a bottle of <laughs> liquor in his his bag and it shattered and just started spilling all over the floor oh, no. and, and bountiful is a strict no alcohol you know so he takes his whole Bo. bag. He yeah. takes his whole bag and he runs through the hall and throws it outside in the snow. And then, of course, somebody can smell it. And you know, you got the guy from running the league comes in. Who's got a bottle of liquor? And there's alcohol. And you're like, no, it's it was not, rubbing alcohol. He <laughs> spilled some rubbing alcohol, hydrogen peroxide. We were sanitizing <laughs> this place because one day it's going to need a lot of sanitizing. <laughs> See that? That was one thing I always found amazing that last season I, I played with with you and Kyle on the Beavers, it was like, you know, getting after it and hitting dudes. I'm like, I, I don't know, man, you're, you're on another level. <laughs> Kyle was always on another <laughs> level. <laughs> was, dude. But so Kyle game happening in June, come out. It'll be fun. Stay, stay posted on our Instagram, Facebook group. Join the Facebook group. There's a Facebook group. Uh, Welcome to cup talk Facebook group. If you're on Facebook and not on the Instagram, um, yeah, you can see what's happening with uh, some of the fan bam stuff. Yeah, you, you know, know, little Lex, the polar bear princess, and <laughs> you know their shenanigans and drop the Kyle by. game and yeah. epic memes that he's been creating. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's fun. I think that's fun. So that's all I try. Anybody's to do. ever wondered who the real Cup Talk MVP is? It's Nick. <laughs> he, he makes like all the memes, does all the social media, edits the episodes. We I we. Just, I just call him like once a week and say, "Hey, you know." <laughs> we we don't do it for the money. We do it just because uh, we're having fun. It's a good old time, and we're about to be reunited in yeah. person in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm excited. But about speaking about doing it not for money and for fun. I mean, I mean, if you want to throw an ad on here, you can, but and pay us whatever. I, I'll take your money, but we don't do this yeah. for money. If but sponsor the show. But I want to throw out, this isn't a sponsor or anything, but there's a hockey shop in Ogden that's, you know the end, have you ever seen where the antique store is? If you come out the the parking lot and then you 
come down the hill. Oh, like a little and confinement then, shop or whatever? Yeah. So there's there's yeah. a hockey shop there. Oh, there is? Yeah. That's like, it's like 4,800 South, I think, in like Harrison Boulevard. Yeah. So like, they have like that little covered parking garage because it's on a hill. And like, it's kind of weird how yeah. you get to like his front door. Like you walk in and it says like dentist on the door also. But you walk down the hall and he's got this little hockey shop, you know, just in the corner of this building. But dude, it's a legit, he, that guy knows his stuff. Really? Yeah. And he's, he's definitely knows that like, like when you go to pure hockey or somewhere else, a hockey shop, like every pair of gloves is like 150 bucks. And like every shin guard. Yeah, 40% more than you see it well, more online. And it's just, they only have the expensive stuff because the, the like cheap stuff just flies off the shelves. This guy's got right like mid grade stuff of everything. So it's like nice. So it's affordable just, to like the new hockey player or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it, he's got a lot of youth stuff because who's gonna buy his stuff being right outside the rink is the youth. And so and he's got the skate he's got like five different skate sharpener machines and he'll get you set up. He's got stickers for the kids, he's got all like the little knickknacks you need. He's got a little room full of skates and stuff and it's definitely not your most traditional hockey store, but you don't need a traditional hockey store. It's just it's just hockey equipment, you know. So go check it out. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It's called Hockey Stops. So you can look at him up on he's on Instagram, Facebook, but if not, just go check it out. Next time you're at the ice sheet, just stop by. Like it's and honestly we were we were just at a stick and puck there and I was pulling out and we pulled out on the main road and I said, Hey Lexi, there's a hockey shop right there. Like I just saw the sign for it because he has like stickers on the windows. It's like, there's a hockey shop right there. And she's like, oh, can we go? And I was like, yeah, we're going to go. And so I like flipped a year on Harrison, you know, and went and jumped. And we even like, we walked across the front of the building because I didn't know where the door was. And then we had to walk back and then we found the door. <laughs> like, yeah, where do you like, actually go it, in this place? I was like, is it upstairs? And it's no, it's not. It's on the bottom floor but you go in and it's definitely he's just built this hockey shop and this probably what was like a an office you know for a couple guys so there's like a lot of different rooms and areas but cool dude cool hockey shop good priced he's got what you need not what you don't need he's got some used stuff and so if you're looking to get in hockey cool. you just yeah and he he knows his skates like that's his thing is like he knows skates and so if you don't want to you know leave your your skates at the ice sheet so doug can do them since he's the only guy in northern utah that i know anybody like like, i would never go to davis county or you know bountiful and leave my skates there (laughs) yeah and you go (laughs) and you go to the other hockey shops and you never know the the fourteen year old that's you know just hitting yeah, it. Like, yeah. That's why I bought the Sparks machine. It's because I was tired of driving all the way out to Salt Lake, and then when you get there, you wait an hour, and then the kid doing it, you're like, does this kid even care? So, if you want your skates done, that you want the them done perk. well. Yeah, if you want them done when well. When I worked at the ice rink, <laughs> doing your own skates at Acord, I yeah, that was like my main. You know, it was like being able to sharpen my skates. Yeah, and I was like, when I finally was able to. Like when I liked my own sharpening, then I knew I was like, okay, now I have appreciation and I have, you know, I've gotten to a point where I can at least sharpen skates the way I like them. Yeah. So, you know, but it was like, that was like the be- one of the best parts of having that job. I was like, okay, let's just get to the rink an hour early so I can sharpen my skates. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so go check out his shop but, in Ogden. I just I just wanted to throw that in there. I went there it was like a week or so ago, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I thought this guy's doing it for the right reason, and he's definitely not there to make money. He's just there to provide hockey stuff for people who need it. And so That's I cool. figure he needs, a, he needs a free shout-out. I don't, I don't even care, but yeah. Maybe one of these days we'll have to post a picture of the shop yeah, on the should, Instagram I'll, or something. Yeah, for sure I will. I'll definitely snap a shot next time I'm out there. So um, let's just move on. Let's, did you uh, see all the, the women hockey drama news? Kebabble. Yeah, kind of a bummer, huh? It's kind of a spaghetti bowl yeah. of women's hockey news and kind of – I know it's really confusing because there's a lot of – you know, this league's canceled, this league's going. It's kind of – a little bit confusing for the average person because even Autumn was like, wait, what? They're canceled. They're playing. What's going on? So, yeah. And this is just Nick's knowledge. I'm not quoting any news stories. So, basically, there was the NWHL last year, and they kind of were falling out and having a financial crisis or whatever, and they were getting rid of teams. Teams were folding and stuff. So, the bunch of the players and I'm talking your USA hockey, like gold medal winning team players, your Canada gold medal winners from the past, silver medal winners, like the premier hockey players all kind of banded together and, and anybody who wanted to join this could. So they just kind of left it open, but I'm talking, those are the ones you would recognize their names. Um, right. And so they basically formed the PWHPA, which is the pro women's hockey players association because they want to get paid and treated like a players association. So kind of the same thing that like Ted Lindsay did back in his day and the things he did to form the players association that still exists in the NHL. So they formed this for the women and they kind of all banded together and said, we will not play unless we are treated like a, like a union. So basically all of them said, we will not play professional women's hockey until we have our own league and have been kind of holding out. And those girls are the girls that that played at the skills competition last year at the All-Star Game for the NHL. And then what you saw this bubble was the NWHL, which is the just the Women's Hockey League that was existed pretty much before. The National Women's Hockey League. And so they got their six teams together, and they were going to play this bubble, shortened season, week into it, the the Riveteers got the mumps, the you know the Connecticut the <laughs> Connecticut Wells. Well, the teams got the mumps. Yeah, the Connecticut Wells just left. You know they never really said if it was COVID or if they just left. I don't know. Maybe bad. We hotel. just don't want to play anymore. <laughs> bad hotel. You know they got bed bugs. Look, they left. There's some roaches in the bed. The accommodations are terrible. <laughs> so they left the tournament. So then you were down to four teams which it was supposed to be four teams made the playoffs, so you're down to only four teams. So, and then they, on the eve, the night before they were supposed to play the games on NHL, on NBC um, Sports Network, they came out and said, um, we're going to cancel the rest of the season due to COVID. And to me, it just seemed like it was coming no matter what. Like, I have... I feel like they had no intentions yeah. of ever finishing this thing. They were going to find some way to ruin it. So um, they canceled the rest of the season, no champion, all these 
teams, owners, whatever, post their sappy love story, you know, sad stories on Instagram about, oh, we're so saddened by this news. Like, well, if you're saddened by the news, then play it. hockey. Come on. I know. So Put you, a good you product think that, like, from the beginning, then they, they didn't really have the end, end goal in mind to finish? Because it seemed like last, well, a couple weeks ago when they announced it was coming back, you know, you're like, oh, you can stream it live on Twitch. NBC's going to host it. They seemed pretty dialed in and committed. So I think they were but dialed in and they committed. they some adversity, and it's like, well, shoot. Well, just like with <clears> this whole thing and them shutting out the Eric and Ardini lady and her company and all this yeah. thing, is it sounds like they're just like, they're so worried about everything, like who they're offending, who they're not offending, and it's just like, it's not about that. It's just about playing hockey. So Right. So the day that they canceled the season, the 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 PWHPA, which is the Players Association, the Women's Players Association, um, they announced they have a partnership with the New York Rangers, and they're going to play a game at Madison Square Garden. So it'll probably be like a light versus dark game, but featuring these players that are in this Players Association. And the Leafs just jumped on last night, or yesterday, formed a an alliance or whatever, a partnership with the same league. And they're going to also host a game probably when the restrictions on the border kind of die down. So if you're confused by the women's hockey news, there's two different leagues here, kind of like competing, battling and the barstool lady, the Erica Nardini, they're going to host a game. Also, I don't know the details on that. They haven't really said the details, but they are going to host a women's hockey game you know also so right yeah so the only game they have scheduled right now the pwhpa is the one at madison square garden on february 28th so tune in for that it's going to be a good game like that's going to be quality hockey probably not going to have all these issues that the other league was having and so Hopefully it's a quality product and they can kind of get this ball rolling and we can get a really good run women's hockey league and paid the way they want to get paid because I think they should be paid just like any professional. So They should definitely at least be compensated well enough to survive because I did read that article when they created this association that some of the women in these pro leagues were making less than two grand a season. It didn't even have benefits. And you're like, you can't live. Yeah. So hopefully they at least get the, yeah, you know, they get paid appropriately and they they have the means to survive and actually, you know, be able to play and and live and, you know, not be scraping pennies and eating ramen (laughs) night in and night out or relying on, you know, other jobs or sponsors for money or something. Yeah, because you can't put a quality, you know league on if they got to worry about making money first and then it's like well i can't come to practice i got a real job that's paying me real money so if they want women well, we'll to take a free, ser- jersey. <laughs> free jersey <laughs> what oh we'll even throw in some socks you know <laughs> socks <laughs> we'll give you some nice socks give them some socks give her some socks so- socks and jersey what a <laughs> deal but you got to pay the fees the team fees a thousand bucks for the season, yeah. The girls are paying and this is to the play. only thing you get from it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think it's great. Hopefully the ball gets rolling and everyone can get behind this and get these girls paid. And I honestly think they should bring 
And I know they go to the bigger cities where there's more people, but I think they should bring these hockey teams, the these new players association hockey teams, they should come to like markets that have hockey but don't have NHL hockey. And me, I'm just here, uh, you know, being an advocate of Salt Lake City, bringing a women's team here. We got the Grizzlies, but if we had a professional women's hockey team, like, dude, I could get behind that. I know there's plenty. There's so many oh, women's yeah. hockey people here in Utah that would love that. Like, and when you... When you go to a city like a New York or L.A., like they have that pro hockey, so most of the fans are like, "Oh, you want to go to a game? Oh, it's you know, it's the women's game. You know, you might get that, but like, come to a city where they don't have pro hockey, and get that ball rolling. That way, you know, you can get a lot of fans. Because, and it's not to say that people in L.A. don't love women's hockey just as much as they love NHL hockey. The fact is that people only have so many dollars to spend on sports. Yeah, so, and there's so many franchises and teams you're going to be competing against. Yeah, so it's... You know, for eyes, just, you know, yeah, as far as your local community. But, like, that would be a great partnership and, like, counterpart to the Grizzlies at, like, the Maverick Center, you know, as a women's team. Yeah, because I think they you would know, actually... Like stagger the weekends, you know, one's home while the other one's away kind of thing. Kind of, like, partner together, kind of get, like, a season ticket for the both of them. Because I, I would love to go to a women's game just as much as I'd love to go to a Grizzly game. But if I had an oh, NHL yeah. team that I'm spending a hundred dollars a ticket on, then I don't think I would be going to any ECHL hockey. Even you know, I wouldn't be going to Grizzly games if there was an NHL team here because all my dollars to spend on pro hockey is going to the NHL team. So put these women in a place where they can you know fill the seats, you know get butts in the seats. That's the that's the main goal there, and not to say that. They wouldn't be a big team or a big thing in a big city, but I just think there's only so many dollars to spend on pro sports. So come somewhere where, I mean, I know we have the Grizzlies, but I think it's, Grizzly tickets aren't expensive. What I'm saying is you could afford going to both those teams rather than if they went somewhere where, you know, you have the Islanders in these teams or the Rangers in this team. Like It's expensive to go to a Rangers game. So maybe you're getting the people who can't afford the Rangers games, but then you're just getting people upon pity, not, you know, like, oh, yeah, we couldn't afford the Rangers game, so I guess we'll go to the women's game. No, you want people that want to be there, want to, you know, go to these games. So that's my two cents on it. I want a women's team here in Salt Lake. I think my daughter would love it, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> I think it would be great for your, da- your daughter. And, and there's a lot of yeah, young daughters now playing hockey and picking up a stick, and University of Utah created a women's team. Yeah. You know, it's like – this would be great inspiration and like great way to grow the sport in Utah. I think the community would really embrace it. Yeah. So long story short, the sad news of the NWHL canceling their season. There's good news that the PWHPA uh, has a game scheduled at the end of the month. So tune in for that. It's brought to you by Bauer and Chase Bank, I believe. <laughs> Not that that matters. Got some big sponsors that yeah. are hopping on board. So. Yeah, and they, now we'll they see. have the Rangers and the Leafs, so you get more NHL teams behind these girls, and I think it's going to flourish. So, Yeah, I think those are the partnerships that will help this be successful. Yeah, so moving from the women's pro to the men's pro, the NHL, you heard of it? Yeah, I think I've watched a couple of those games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got done watching the Capitals games. Actually, the... Mark called me and he's like, dude, you watching the, the Ben fight? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm doing a podcast. 
Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It we was were, why we had to record for the second time right now. Yeah, that's why we had to, we got interrupted and we had to restart this because Mark was calling me to tell me that dude, you see that fight by uh, Jamie Ben? No, but thanks for talking about it. I'm I'm trying to actually record talking about hockey right now as you're calling me. Maybe it wasn't even Jamie Ben, maybe it was Jordy Ben. I don't even know. He just said Ben. Fight. That's right. You say Ben, and it's like what's Ben? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I guess there was a good fight. I guess we're going to have to go check out, you know, the fights after this. But, um, yeah, pro hockey, it's going great. I mean, there is a lot of games that were postponed this last week. And I was talking with, you know, the coach, and we didn't have a hockey game this week, like I said. So we told all the kids to, you know, watch hockey games at home for the weekend for a little homework and to really watch them. And he kind of joked and was like, well, there's if they're not all postponed, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of postponed games, but there's still a lot that are being played. I mean, you can always focus on, and not that he was trying to focus on the negative, he was trying to make a joke, but, you know, there's a lot of people that, like, that's all they want to talk about is how many games are postponed and stuff. Like, I don't care about that. Like, I want to know about the games that are playing. No. Like, you could postpone half the games every day. I don't care if there's one game a day. I'm watching hockey. I'm enjoying it, enjoying the season, giving the, my positive energy to the positive you know <laughs> people on the ice yeah, playing. it's one thing if maybe your whole fantasy team you know gets their games postponed <laughs> or your fan duel team that night but hey we're, we're gonna be thankful that hockey's just back and that's being right. played that's right I'll... and they're they're trying to get creative and the nhl did release uh that schedule today right or yesterday have the, all the rescheduled games and updates so i think they're gonna like, i think know, they're, they're doing going by the wayside or anything yeah, I think they're going to do that, like, weekly, kind of keep you updated right now. Because like, if you're like, oh, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. But they're trying to be proactive and kind of – well, that's like uh, Arizona's games against the Minnesota Wild were canceled this weekend. And so I think St. Louis was supposed to play, uh, I don't know, another team that got canceled also. So they basically said, okay, well, how about you guys just play each other and we get two more games out of it. So – St. Louis and Arizona actually ended up playing four or will end up playing four times in a row. Wow. That's getting creative right there. Just, <laughs> just get games in. Like who, here, you're who's here. ready to go? All right. <laughs> like when you're playing King of the Ice, you know, like, oh, next. Yeah. We got yeah. our three goals next. Yeah. <laughs> if someone's not ready, someone's out, you know, taking the leak or something. Oh, all right. You guys go again. All right. <laughs> but, yeah, so a lot of exciting games happening. Matthews tearing it up, scoring goals. He's had a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, he's in the top, right? Yeah, he's got like a, like a six or seven goal like game streak going. He got two last night. He's leading the NHL with ten goals. And then you got McDavid and Drystaddle doing their thing where they're just scoring points above everybody, you know. I, I don't even get how they get this no many points. <laughs> they're like double the next... Yeah, like almost double the next... You know, like three and four in the standings. Yeah. Connor McDavid and Dry Settle. What is McDavid at 23 points now? 26 and 23. And then Marner's at 20. So he's coming up. But, I mean, they did okay, have like. So a, Marner's crept up. They each had like 11 points or something in like two games. So. <laughs> but. Yeah, I think Crosby's leading the Penguins with nine, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not to brag or nothing, you know. Just. <laughs> yeah, you know, the old man, the veteran Sydney's leading them with nine. These, you know, these guys got triple the amount of points. Yeah, penguins are looking rough. I don't know. They're just looking like they're uh, they're just like they're just don't have that last little umph in the tank. It looks like it might be the beginning of the end, almost. You know, like with Rutherford retiring or stepping down and resigning, and then just I I think they're gonna be 
they're going to be in that bubble all year of being in that four spot or fifth spot. Like, you know, the four or five spot, maybe even down to the six because the Islanders and the Sabres are like right there with them. And I think, you know, Boston, Philly, and Washington are going to, they'll stay up there in the, the top four no matter what. But that four spot, I think, you know, Penguins are going to be, I don't know if it'll be Pittsburgh or Buffalo or, or you know, the Islanders. I think they're going to just follow the same path that the like the Blackhawks and the Kings went. Like after they won their cups, they're kind of slowly dwindling and going to be at the bottom nah. of the league. But you're still going to have Crosby and Malkin that are like tearing it up, like Taves and Kane are, and Duncan Keith. But you're just going to not win the games. They're just going to lose every game, you know, by one goal, two goals. It's just gonna not be prepared st- for it. And you're like you're going to have a new guy but- pop in. You're like, oh, maybe they're going to get back up. They still got the core, and then it's just not going to get it there. So. <laughs> Like your Teravinians or Teravanians and your Panarins, you know, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Chicago thinking they're, they're going to be they're going to be good again. And like now they left. Yeah. <laughs> and how they can't quite make up their minds on players like yeah we're going to trade them yeah we want them back yeah we're going to trade them yeah we want them back. <laughs> yeah, you can have Kapanen. No, 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 actually, you know, can you give us back Kapanen, please? <laughs> was it Connor Sherry? Was they brought? No, or is it Rowney? Oh yeah. Sherry, they let they, well, they traded him to Buffalo, or yeah, they brought him back. Went to Buffalo and they got him back. Yeah. Um, what else is going on in the NHL? Battle of Alberta. First game of the Battle of Alberta happened last night. It was a good game. It was yeah. back and forth. It was you know everybody they traded leads back and forth. One goal game, pretty much most of the game. I mean, it went to two goals there for a minute. But it was a good game. It was hard fought. I thought there was going to be a, a like a line clearing brawl to drop the puck. But not even a fight. Anytime you see these Kachaks on the ice, you wonder. These brothers, <laughs> these Kachuk brothers, man, they play physical. Yeah, they, they are definitely fun to watch. I mean, they're the, definitely the guy that like you want on your team. But if he's not on your team, like you hate him. Like I like watching like, the Kachuk. Yeah, they're player. not quite. Yeah, they're not quite Brad Marchand. <laughs> yeah, but you know they're they're like instigators enough that you're like, man, it's it would really suck to play against him, but he's. Probably a lot of fun to have on your team, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like when they played the Leafs last week. Like, I love Kachuk's play and how he just, like, it's like he just doesn't get out of there. He kind of, like, lingers. And, like, that's usually when the, the fights happen and stuff is because he just kind of lingers in his area and, like. <laughs> He's still standing there. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey. Most guys are just turning smiling, like, like, back up. But he's like, no, I'm still here. Just, I'm going in a minute. He looks like the guy, too, that, like, when someone's, like, mad, you know, just so mad and wants to fight, that he's, like, the kind of guy that's, like, winking yeah. and blowing a kiss or something, you know? Yeah. I'm like, what? What are you? You want? You mad, bro? You want to come talk? It's, it's fine, dude. You know, and you're just, <laughs> which just floors you even more, right? You yeah. <laughs> oh, he's always got guys just chasing him down. But, so, it was a good game, but I'm excited to see the next one. I think the next one will be the fights, you know? I think that's when the fights will come. I think Calgary really just, like, hey, they think we're going to come out fighting, Let's not fight. Let's just come out, score a bunch of goals, and win the game. And then next week when we play them 16 other times, we'll uh, drop the gloves. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. And be interesting to see. Yeah, so, I mean, they're going to play another nine times. So I think by that 10th game that they're playing against each other, it's going to be pretty heated. It was pretty funny last year when the All-Star game when, when dry, dry settle and Kachuk had some beef going in, and they were like, "What are you gonna do if you play at the same time?" And like, I was like, "I'm just gonna change every time he gets on the ice." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then like, 
they had the game start and they're just like dishing it to each other and scoring genos. And you're like, yeah, 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 it's fine when yeah. you're playing together. Yeah, <laughs> you got to build up the drama, but yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. And really, the biggest news in the NHL from Utah is Trevor Lewis got his first goal of the year. So that's good to that's see. Awesome Utah news. boy still scoring goals. Yeah, what is he in his like? He's like in his mid thirties now. I think he's. Yeah, he's, he's getting I mean, up there. He's been there since that first cup in LA in 2012. So we're going on. Yeah. I think it might be his 10th year in the league or 11th year. So I think he was drafted in like 06 or 07. Yeah, or something, it took so. a minute to get into the NHL, but I mean, he was for sure on that 2012 team. So, so he's still going. I remember going. when the, uh, they had the exhibition game yeah. in Utah, like yeah. Kings and Sharks. Trevor had like just got sent down or something like right before the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, come on, really? Oh, you know, I could like keep him for the hometown game. But whatever. Yeah. But he was in that he was in the game the next time they played each other when the Oh yeah, when Kings came here and played who uh, was that? It was Vancouver? With Brickley, yeah. Matt Matt Brickley was playing too. Yeah, so they had the two Utah boys on the team. Yeah, it was Vancouver. Both both times they played here. Trevor Lewis has been on the team when they played Vancouver. So, well, that's all I got for you, Mason. You got anything else you want to share? No, that's all I got. You know, P.O. Joseph, whatever, you know, for the Penguins, got his first goal of his career. And he Crosby go. picked up the puck. That was kind of a cool moment. Yeah, I saw. I saw he shot uh-huh. it and it like popped out, and Crosby went over there and got it. And that's yeah, always, you know, like you know. that's that moment you've always wanted in your life was someone to pick up the puck for you. Right, especially a player like Sidney Crosby. Yeah, yeah. For you, you know, like that's we, more. That, that's like bigger than the goal. You know. <laughs> do, you, do you have your first game puck goal? I don't. I don't. That, your your coach didn't like do that back then. I guess With the he, tape around it. You know. Yeah. We do that for every kid, like for their go- first, like because this is our first year of full ice. So, like, if it's that kid's first goal ever, they've scored full ice. We always like, hey, ref, ref, ref. Can we get the puck? First goal puck. <laughs> you know, the ref gets all excited. Oh, yeah, I got him in. So. Don't worry. We always uh, slap the other coach. He's got, like, some stickers that say, like, first goal game or a uh, first game goal puck. And usually ha- he writes on there, like, the date and stuff and gives him a little case and takes a picture Oh, there's with an him. actual sticker that he has? Yeah, it says first. So it's, like, already kind of written out for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But then he writes on there, like, what game it was and when it was. And where it was or whatever. So it's really cool. That's Le- pretty cool. Lexi's got hers. Hers was invernal, so Yeah. I uh I think it's pretty neat. The uh I've seen that the Provo Riverblade's been kinda creative. They've been posting that like when someone gets a hat trick or like scores their first goal or point, they like post the picture with them with the pucks in their hand, you know, and they're like <laughs> smiling and it says in white tape, you know, like around the puck like what they did. You're like, yeah, that's a cool way to you know, just kinda like get some some posts on the page where I update the page a little bit and then also like get these players' faces on there. Yeah. You know, and just and for that player, it's a cool moment. So well all right Mason. It's been a great it's been a great uh, afternoon with you. Yeah. It, I appreciate you calling me. We out only, here in the lovely Fort Sale. We only gotta do this <laughs> one more time. One more time the town of Lawton and then back Back home. I'll get my sign ready. Back into Davis County, Utah. I'll get my and sign now. ready. <laughs> Pick you up at the airport. Step off the plane and go right into the Cup Talk show and 
miss my family and everything. Like, oh yeah. You guys were there. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mason. And maybe when this airs, you know, Tampa Bay lightning, their counterpart, the Buccaneers will be a champs as well. We'll see. Or maybe it'll be like the rays and they lost. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, that's right. They think that'd be crazy if the rays would have won. And then, well, the Buccaneers, you and know. then the heat was in the, in the championship too. So you could have had Florida sweep. Miami, yeah, you know that's something you never think about. Really, yeah, Florida, those teams, you haven't like typically. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Last time, more than one team Florida won anything. So, yeah, that was funny. Miami kind of got smoked in the NBA finals. Though, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they had any chance. <laughs> but <laughs> all right, Mason, Lebe, alrighty, man, <laughs> take it easy, man. We'll it's see you. Real once again. <laughs> we'll talk to you later, bro. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.